rattles the rattlesnakes in, in there have adapted to no longer have rattles. Um, there's mountain lions, there's black bear, uh, wild hogs, um, all, all kinds of stuff. It's na- it's 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 a nasty, disgusting place. Okay, guys, welcome to episode 333 of the Grand America Show. Bit of a special episode around here because uh, I don't know, 33 seems to be a magic number. Um, definitely has something to do with the Scottish Masons and all that. All this stuff's 33 feet tall. You know, it's funny, I actually just, uh, um, the other day I was watching some of Scott Onstott's documentary Secrets in Plain Sight and they have a whole chapter on 33. So <laughs> I, it, was, it was just fucking blowing my mind. We're having him on pretty quick. That's a good little documentary. I watched, uh, I watched the Alita movie. Did you? And that had a, like, the main building where all the stuff happens was 33 on there, too. They throw that symbolism in everywhere. So, we got Graham, 333 podcasts later, Dunlop. How's it going, buddy? Good. How you doing? How has your view changed in 333 episodes? It's overwhelming. Seems like you're sliding. Overwhelming. Actually, no, you're back up, right? Back up where? What are you Sliding up. Of what? When you started in the podcast, you were in peak physical condition. Oh, Physically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your diet yeah, like, was pristine. Yeah. You were practicing yoga and meditation yeah. all the time. Then I went you're, into a... You're extremely hard to, hard to frazzle. And, and then I went, yeah. yeah. <laughs> now you're easily frazzleable, especially during the day. And, uh, but your, no, your tail's picking back up. We can go back yeah, to yeah. beefcake next week, I think. No, no, I'm good. I'm good. I've lost yeah. like 50, uh, how much? I'm still working on that regularity thing, but I'm, I've lost like 12, 14 pounds maybe or something like that. Not and uh, and I, th- I was thinking about it there. I used to go out warming up for hockey and I'd be achy everywhere. And honestly, I think without the sugar and wheat, I was like, I don't feel that arthritic ache anymore. Didn't I tell you that? I told you You that. did, yeah, yeah. But I totally didn't even think about it till last yeah. night. So. Mine was my shoulder. It was big oh, time on yeah, my shoulder. Yeah. My shoulder always bugging me. And then when I stopped, my shoulder oh. just... Did it take it a while still, for that to kick yeah, in? It took, about a, it took about three weeks or a month. Yeah, so it's been, it's been two... It's been almost six... No, been almost eight weeks now. It still happens. No, it's been almost 10 weeks. My shoulder's fucked, so it still happens from time to time. Yeah. But it's definitely not like... It, it was used to be a constant thing constant but now it's to the point like to the point that i'd even got one got my heart checked out and everything because it's on my left side and i wanted to make sure i didn't have any heart problems because i got kids and i guess you should probably just make sure you don't have any heart problems whether you have kids or not really is best not to have heart problems um but yeah and it was just my shoulder my shoulders just you know and i still don't know what it's from they don't they they don't know fucking anything they're just useless they send me put me in front of all these machines but at least they can tell me it's not my heart um, but you know what I'm thinking it's from is fucking 10 years of carrying fucking, this was my carry yeah, yeah. shoulder yeah, yeah, probably. and you put the sh- steel on your shoulder and you let it sort of pivot back so you can just throw one yeah. arm on it yeah. and carry something else with this hat. Yeah. And I bet you that's what fucking did me in. Oh, probably. Yeah. Mine was hockey, my shoulder, just soft, this different soft, soft tissue damage in different areas. But again, I don't know what I did to it. It's just like over time, but it's better too. I did a lot of drunken soft tissue damage too. Speaking of health and wellness, I do I do have a response to you on getting that one amalgam filling I had left in my mouth removed. Removed. Yeah. And it was still like I mean there was so much like my overall estimate of my mouth with all the different repairs that are needed. I mean it's mm-hmm. pretty extensive, but I mean you got to prioritize it and obviously I wanted to get my broken teeth fixed and Yeah. 
yeah. get the amalgam out and then I, I postponed an extraction where I think I have an infection down there. I don't know really what to do about that. I have a broken but, tooth right now. But I, uh, but this filling One of my still... fillings just fell out, so I saved a couple hundred bucks. What, what do you mean? One of my mercury fillings just fell oh, out. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, my God. Did, what'd you do with it? I think hope I, I didn't sw- swallow it. I don't think so. I hope not. Probably did, though. Anyway, continue. All the mainstream dentistries out there laughing at us, but, you know. Oh, yeah. I don't want to have mouths in my mouth. anti-dentate bastards. But these dent- this dentist was really good. Anyways, I went to my shop. How so, much was the removal? So it was like for, for the, th- I had two restorations and one, uh, two on one tooth and one on another tooth. That, and all of those were removed? No, yeah. and one amalgam was removed, and the other ones were just fixed. But, I mean, the amalgam was broken, too, right? It, like, it wasn't broken, but it, it could have been justified as needing repair. Mm-hmm. So I was trying to suss out why that part of it didn't get covered. So I, I had a claim of $789, and I got paid for uh, paid back for 549 to insurance for the three restorations. The, the thing that. that The thing that they didn't cover was the the extra... Uh, now here, do I, did I make some notes on it? They didn't, uh, cover the fee, the, the fee for the nine, one, ex- two, one, two, yeah, which, which is, is extraction. Well, it's not the extraction. It's the supplemental the fee three. to protect themselves from the mercury. So uh, they have to put on all these masks and they do this extra stuff. So to, if you did that all at once, would that be a one-time fee or is that per tooth? Oh, that's a good. Oh, once. it's probably probably. I don't know. It could they be a one time fee. On yeah. and blast uh, them all out, and everything else is covered. You probably get a deal on it, but yeah, you probably get a deal on it. But you still have to pay for the restoration anyway. So, and I bought the cheaper composite ones. Like I, I wasn't going to pay for. It. I mean, they sell some ceramic ones that are really expensive, as far as fillings go. So, but I was trying to figure. So I called the insurance place and I was asking them why. So why don't why aren't you covering this? amalgam removal if it had to be removed anyways like what how do you know that that's amalgam mm-hmm. and they're like well we don't that's just an extra fee i thought i wrote a note down about it it's an extra fee from from the the dentist like i can't remember what what the, what they call it it's like an added an added fee for the removal and so I don't think th- these guys even tell them that it's mercury. It's just this extra fee that they put in. So there's not, they don't go back and forth about whether it's mercury or not and whether it gets replaced or not. It's just that this extra fee to remove mercury never gets covered by insurance. I see. Interesting. Sorry for the rambling, but that's kind of the gist I got. Of it. I was trying to kind of get deeper into like why, why that is to see if they just say, no, like we're not covering that. That was semi-coherent. Not bad. Not bad. It could have been less coherent for sure. Anyways. Send me the info. I need him a call. Yeah, he's good. Good, good, good dentist. Bingo, bango, baby. What are you playing? It's time for another 
Go ahead. Hey, dudes. Love the show and wanted to take a minute to say to other listeners, please donate so we can stop hearing Darren complain about how much the value for value model was a mistake. And then he has in capital letters, just happened at 3.33 a.m. Sunday, February 17th, 2019. I was already up for my witching hour, waking before going back to bed to lucid dream. I threw on the latest podcast on the awesome Great America player with Mark Gober to finish listening to it. He's telling the story of his first death, the guy in the elevator, whose daughter didn't fit in the elevator with them. Mark is telling how the guy died and how the daughter walks up and says, what happened to my dad? And so, seam- seamlessly that, and so seamlessly that I thought you guys were experimenting with new audio loops on a board at first, the chorus of the Queen's song, Another One Bites the Dust, comes on. I'm laughing because it's just so wrong, and I'm thinking, good one, Darren. But then the clip ends, and Ari Sharif starts talking and introducing Skeptic Tank Podcast 348. I'm subscribed to Skeptic Tank through another player that wasn't open, but don't listen to it ever. I was in my car, but not touching my phone. I have no idea how it switched. My aunt is in hospice, and she loves that song, and I'll check on her in the morning, but I'm guessing she'll probably have checked out and was telling me it's okay. (laughs) Anyway, she's going to die soon, and I know the veil gets thin for people near that time, so she's getting the blame regardless. (laughs) She was completely at peace and was joking around about haunting us and how funny that would be. Don't care about the rating. Just thought a good ghost story synchro would lighten your day. And then he he actually sent it again and says, okay, here's the spookiest part. When I went back to the Grimerica player, I'm not even sure that story was in that podcast. What the fuck? It picked up at a completely different point in the podcast where Mark was talking about remote viewing. No idea where that story came from. Need to re-listen. Maybe it was earlier in the podcast. Interesting. Yeah, and, then well, he, and then he replied. He, he actually sent another one as well. Did he find it? And he says, okay, just fast forwarded through the whole podcast. I don't think that quote came from it. Now I'm doubting whether I was fully awake, but possibly deepening the synchro. I've had a bunch of synchronic experiences with my Bluetooth to my FM adapter and my phone. Occasionally it will cut out and will play radio snippets that fit in well with what I'm doing. Last year I was talking to my son about the deep state's use of magic while we were driving to the mall listening to music, and I didn't want him to think I was completely bonkers, so I justified it as we pulled into the parking lot by saying that coincidences make the pursuit of the theory interesting, and the music cut out and some talk radio snippet cut in and said, that is interesting. Needless to say, we stopped that line of conversation and speculated on what could make that happen. And we came up with the lonely AI reaching out to let us know it was there. There you go. That's from Chris. Thanks, Chris. Friend of the show. Cristobal. Friend of the show. Hey, can can I have Jason's number? Yeah. Okay, send it to me later. I want to line up the hypnotizing you in here. Oh, yeah? Stick. I'm not getting, he probably can't hypnotize me. Oh, Graham says he's unhypnotizable. We'll see. All of a sudden you'll come to and be podcasting in here naked. naked. Yeah. I see, I knew that was going to yeah. pop up for some we'll reason. we get you naked on YouTube eventually. We'll get banned. Graham nudity. Grudity. Grudity. Yeah. What else you got, buddy? You want to, uh, actually, let's do this first. Let's, uh, hmm. Well, maybe we'll start with some. Oh. 
Actually, I do. I do have another one that would be appropriate to this. Do you want me to read it quickly? Because I was just sort of browsing yeah, through yeah, it. Go ahead. Okay. Let's do everything you want. Another synchronicity for you, and it's like I like to try and save them up for when they're appropriate to the show, because then it's more synchronic, as Chris would say. Hey, Graham, after the last show, you said you love getting these synchro stories, so I thought I'd send you my recent kind of silly and kind of creepy synchro. I posted this on the r slash the truth is here subreddit so maybe some of the followers may recognize this a few weeks ago i was having a sleep paralysis experience it was the middle of the night and i thought i woke up to my upstairs neighbors scream fighting accompanied by slamming crap and hurling profanities i distinctly remember hearing the woman yell elmo is supposed to bond marriages not break them up whatever the fuck that means. Next thing you know, my alarm is going off and I'm getting ready to go to work. I work at a bus shop with three revolving shifts around the clock, so walking into work sometimes when busy is hectic. My coworker was finishing up in his bus in the bay my toolbox is in, so I'm opening up my crap and I hear him in his own world whistling the tune to Elmo's world. <laughs> I joke with him and ask him, why the hell are you whistling that? It's not like his, his, it's not like he has kids and I don't either. He just laughs and says, I don't know. It just popped into my head a few moments ago. I told him why it creeped me out and we had some laughs. Fucking Elmo. I have another little funny synchro regarding the documentary Hellier, which is more of a collection of strange synchros. My fiance is a lay person to the subject, but I convinced her to watch the show with me. I can tell she was bored, but was in tune episode was over she had enough i close out my streaming app on my tv and it goes right to the last channel i had on i had on and ancient aliens was on with the clip of paul hellier presenting his professional witness to the panel she just looked at me and said this doesn't count they aren't spelled the same so that hellier was about uh the search for the kentucky goblins it was very you know Small town monsters ask. Sounds like it. Yeah. So that's not the Paul Hellyer we had on. No. Did we have Paul? But Hellier that's on? what I always thought that. Like, <laughs> you know, when I heard of a Hellyer documentary, I thought, oh, is it him? But no, it's a Hellyer the town in Kentucky, I think, or Wisconsin, or something like that. But um, what happened is then it, it came onto that channel, and Hellyer was doing a speech after they watched Hellyer. So they should have watched the speech. Anyways, I love you guys, and I'm happy to hear you're actually making rent. In the near future, I will be updating my up, upping my donation to make up for the slackers. I currently use PayPal, but if there's another preferred <coughs> method, please let me know. Peace and love. John, the Sir Diesel Mechanic. Sour Diesel Mechanic, actually, is what he said. Nice. <laughs> uh, thanks for the email. I, I do love getting those emails. You can send them to Graham at GrahamAmerica.com. It's always good if you're a new... A new listener or a new person in contact, you can tell tell us how you found the show and what your favorite topics are and anything else you want to talk about. Graham, Graham loves spam. Send him your shit. And uh, we do love to hear how you found the show, and we do love to hear that you told other people around the show about the show because that's, that's our only marketing. Too. That's our only marketing is you motherfuckers, and we love you for it. We absolutely love you. So before we... Uh, bag for cash i will send you guys out some 333 good vibes for your weekend if maria supported the show i'd be less sick of podcasts <laughs> <laughs>
man. That uh, this is our best jingles for sure. I don't even remember saying that hundred and deep breaths of. I wonder uh, what episode it's in. It's going way back. Yeah. If you figure out which episode that's from, let us know. I got some other great Graham jingles too, but they're hard to play during the show sometimes. Like the the uh, uh, coffee enema one. Oh yeah, I haven't heard that one for a while. Yeah, it's a little over the top. Maybe I'll play that one. Play the end. I'll play it at the end of the show. I'll play a couple of those ones we haven't played in a while at the end of the show. I have people asking for the America's Funniest Home Videos one sometimes too. I put them all on a a page sometime for our supporters. That's a good idea. Anyway, we do need your support. So uh, PayPal working right now. Seems like it's going to be fine. Knock on wood. Uh, That's grammarica.ca slash support. Uh, you can also head to grammarica.ca slash Stripe, um, and that'll bounce you over to our Stripe page, which will give you all the options there. And you can also do Patreon, grammarica.ca slash Patreon, which will take you to our Patreon page and give you those options. Or you can sign up for all three. Just be amazing. But, uh, you know, seriously, if you sign up for one of those anywhere, that would be amazing enough. It really would. You would uh, help us edge closer to 1%. Of support right now, I think we're at about 0.7 or 0.8 of one percent support. We're ideally shooting for two or three percent. Ideally, yeah, we'd love to get to four percent. Yeah, if we get if you know, we wouldn't have to beg so much if we could just get like 10 people a show to sign up. But honestly, it's like one if we're lucky, one or two new subs a show if we're lucky. You know, the the, all the other numbers are going up. So if we could just have the supporters lag along, of course, we do love the people that are supporting us, we love you all, but extra special people that are supporting us and they are helping us pay the rent and uh, enjoy this amazing space and yeah. grow and, yeah. <clears throat> and do the events like CAC, which I mean, all those things never happen without support either. And yeah. with more support, we can do more things, yeah. including more content eventually. Yeah. If we yeah, can, exactly. if we can pass that magic threshold yeah. eventually where oh, we're at the magic threshold now, three thirty three. Well, I mean the threshold of I know, financially I'm just saying, I'm just where saying, we can this might be the do a fucking show well. every single day. And I have another yeah. threshold event for you to talk about after this. I don't want to hear about the your other thing ball is, threshold. The event. other thing is, is, uh, any support gets you access to the black budget feed and we're still putting content in there and it's a little bit more controversial sometimes. I mean, we've been reading some essays and some interesting documentation Ooh, that people might want to listen to. Darren's got to finish the Ted cock, Ted talks. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Graham. And, uh, I got to finish the conspiracy theory paper from Harvard in 2009, which is fucking fascinating. And the uh, last one that we popped in there was a black budget with our friends, Bill, Justin, and Adam. And Justin and Adam are from the Cat in the Box podcast. They're friends of the show. Justin helped out for years with the newsletter, and Adam's helping the show out now. And and uh, they do a remote viewing episode every week. They do a remote viewing podcast. So we were on talking with them and how they've got a lot of the, how they've got a lot of cool hits, and they've been trying a lot of different experiments with remote viewing. And Out. Bill talks about Bill and Darren talk about their last shroom experience, and they talk about uh, some advice and some stuff about that. And Bill talks about his Lyme disease coming back. We talk about the Wim Hof method and all kinds of all kinds of interesting stuff like that. It was the a really room. good is that, podcast. That's yeah. what we're calling the steam room. That's the steam. No, well, I guess Check you could call out. that a steam room. Sure. It's getting hot in here. I think we're in the steam room. <laughs> who, said, who said that? Keep the water boiling. <laughs> boiling conversations. I got something to say in the steam room. Welcome to the steam room. Who did great. that? 
Uh, friend of the show, crazy, uh, crazy Billy. That's awesome. I really wish I could just call him by his real name. I might just start doing it. Yeah. I'll dox him. Anyway, that's from friend of the show, Crazy Ryan. And it's great. It's made the cut. It will now be the steam room jingle. The steam room jingle, nice. And the steam room is just uh, for some black, ah, for some black budget content. I thought I heard a ringing. That's why I did that. Probably the echo of the yeah. I thought it was echoing, echoing off the singing wall. Maybe uh, anyway, for some from black budget content lately, we've been trying this new idea where we're doing some. We had some people say that. Uh, yeah, some people love the essays and stuff like that, and other people said, "Well, why don't we just you guys just talk?" So um, we're not very good at just talking to each other, except in these intros, we managed to eke our way through. That's because we have listener content to go That's through right. and stuff like that. But we can't just sit here for two hours and oh, talk no. to each other. But when we wheel in people like Adam and Bill and and, uh, and Billy Billy and Bonds, Billy Bones and, and Cyrus and, and yeah, and John Brisson from time to time, yeah. and all those guys, Brian. that that makes it easy. So yeah. so we've been doing those, Self. and we've been calling them steam rooms. Yeah. It's been great. Kind of like a little round table thing or whatever to talk about a couple of different topics. I got the Wim Hof. I'm ready to try out the Wim Hof course. Oh, yeah? I'm going to try it out, yeah. Well, we should I had just... it on the computer and I was ready to fucking start it last weekend, but I didn't start it. I remember where I was. You can just play around with it. You don't have to just start it like on a No, but I got the course. No, that, but... I got the course to do. Oh, you're doing the course. Yeah. So I remember like where I was thing. first trying the technique, driving did you? to Saskatoon. You tried it while you were fucking yeah, driving? I did. Lucky yeah. didn't hit the ditch. No, it was because I fucking kept me awake. I was like, easy. Don't get that look on your face. It makes me uncomfortable. We're in a small space here. Um, no, it's, and you know, what's funny is about three days after that, um, I ended up getting in touch with, uh, I'm not going to say his well, let's name trans- yet. Let's transition into the contact. Of the yeah. Camera. Well, I ended up getting a call three days after having the course on the computer, looking at it, ready to start it. Kids come in, didn't start it. Anyway, three days after that, uh, I get a, a text, and then a couple of days later, a phone call from one of Wim Hof's um, level three training yeah, one of, trainers. Or? Yeah, one, one of a handful of level three instructors certified by Wim Hof in North America, and he wants to come to the cabin. So we're just working on trying to make that out for the first and possibly second trimester as an added bonus. He's willing to work around the schedule and give people some breath training while we're there. And uh, so we're just trying to work out the details that's of that. That's fantastic. But that's just nice little add-on synchro to the synchros that have been crazy the last couple of days around. Oh, like that the, people aren't going to believe the synchros that have been happening about the cabin, about our trip in May. So let's bring some context to this. Randall Carlson in, in May, May 17th, is it May 17th to 27th? May 17th to 27th. Yeah, 17th to 27th. Pagosa Springs, we have a big log mansion out there. with Elk a bunch Lake of Lodge, the, baby. Elk Lake Lodge. Pagosa Springs, and there's a lot to do. Randall's going to be taking uh, each trimester out for a tour. We're going to do like some live podcasting and some lectures and just chit-chatting, some CE5 stuff. And uh, he's going to be, we're going to be splitting it into three groups of of three people, or three, three groups of about 25 people at a time. And uh, I think the third trimester is sold out now. Randall's been starting to talk about this as well. And the first and second, we are still have some tickets available. Anyway, it's going to be fantastic. Kind of like the kind of like the, the the yearly meetup we do with everybody and a bunch of friends from the podcast. And all, but this is kind of expanding because we have Randall there. And yeah, and we've so, sold like 
14 tickets in the last like week yeah so week it's going so it's going so fast so it, yeah in context 14 tickets is like uh 20 percent so get this we get this video forwarded to us about a guy talking about it's about a seven minute chat on first of all seven minute chat on pyramids talking about J james ernest brown's work on electric egyptians which we've had james on we've had a lot of pyramid episodes this guy's talking about the power of the pyramids and all. It's fantastic little to chat. And then we get another email forwarded to us with this guy on video talking about strange coincidences and synchronicities. And it's a fascinating story. Oh, the one about getting the car stuck? Yeah, yeah. don't give away no, too no, much no, of no, that. No, 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 I'm not, because we'll play it on the show here. We'll even no, have him on the show. No, we don't even show. have to play it. Don't play it on the show. We're going to have him on, and we'll let yeah. him tell the story. So, do you want to tell the context? Oh, you continue. So... Alan, the guy who's helping us out and who is organizing the cabin trip, got this forwarded to him. And who do you think this guy is? He's the guy that owns the cabin that we're renting for the trip. Doing talks like last week and doing a talk next week on synchronicities, if you can believe it. I mean, it's fucking crazy. You can't believe it. I was actually emailing with Bob after that. He's super into Graham Hancock, and he's right into the pyramids. Oh, it's, it's, it's unbelievable. Like, what are the chances of the guy that we're renting for this big trip that we've got planned with all the listeners who want to attend and Randall Carlson and a bunch of our friends? Like, What are the chances that the guy that owns this cabin that we're renting in the middle of nowhere in Pagosa Springs is into synchronicities and ancient mysteries? <laughs> I mean, you can't you can't make this stuff up. It's unbelievable. No, you can't. Uh, you can't. Like as if that doesn't feel like we're we're on the right path. When yeah, that happens. You you just have to. And then when I got the call from the Wim Hof, and I the, the the crazy thing is, I've also for the last like two weeks, I've actively been trying to reach out to Wim Wim again because he's a hard guy to get a hold of. I get it. He's busy. Yeah, we tried it a few years back and kind of gave yeah, up. And he's I mean, just like, slammed, cause, cause right? we were, yeah, I mean, those guys like that, you just kind of get a luck in, especially because the only way I'm trying is usually through Twitter and stuff like that. But anyway, this guy calls me, loves Randall's, met Randall. Wants to come and he's like, you know, I just figure like I can maybe help, you know, sell the event or add some value to the event or whatever we can do there. And, uh, and then he, it turns out he's in touch with Wim and he's a fan of the show as well. He's listened to our Randall Carlson episodes anyway. He's going to start going through the rest of them, but he's, he's in touch with Wim and he's going to get, help us get Wim on the podcast here coming up soon. So I did just pull up the numbers. It's scarier than I thought. There is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine different spots left for the first weekend and 10 for the midweek. Oh, wow. That's it. That's all that's left. That's all that's left. And we currently. probably have more couples going in one. Now I haven't caught up on all the emails there, so I'm not no, too would, sure that you want that. to leave that. Yeah. Okay. But there's probably going to be more couples in one. We're hoping that there's going to be more couples in one. Uh, trimester. My wife's coming the first trimester. trimester. Your wife's coming the first one? Okay. Yeah. I'm not sure when my girlfriend's coming. So, so we could be uh, down to 19 spots here. Yeah, we are starting to left. span the globe a little bit, yeah. too. We got, yeah, people, we got people coming from, from a couple different yeah. spots in Europe. Some yeah. people coming from Australia. Um, yeah, we're done 19 fucking spots. Now, I'm hoping that I might be able to finagle a couple more spots. When we get Brad on the show, oh, that's a good idea. or sorry, Bob, Bob not Brad, Bob, Bob, yeah. Brad's the landlord. I was just talking yeah. to him before we yeah. started recording. Um, yeah. Once I talked to Bob and, you know, now that he's more, now that he knows what we're up to, we're probably seeming a lot less sketchy than we are than, you know, we're running a bunch of dudes through our, not a bunch of dudes, but a bunch of people, you know, it, 
now that he knows what we're up to and we know that he's into that stuff, I'm thinking it could be a possibility to maybe open up a couple more camp spots. I, I can't say that for sure yet. So assume there's only 19 spots yeah. left. But, yeah. uh, you know, I'm hoping we can maybe... Because, you know, now everyone keeps telling me that it's like 30, 30 to 40% of your sales should come in the last month. And we're already there. And we're going to so. be sold out two months before that. Yeah. You know, I mean, knock on wood, but we're on pace to be sold out yeah. another week and a half. So the thing is, is also, is Randall's been on almost every Monday we do a Zoom meeting. Alan set up the Zoom meeting uh, for everybody that's going. I'm working and Randall's on, on there with a slideshow. He's, last week he's talking about the moon and he's getting all excited on all these mysteries. And yeah, if you put down a deposit, you get access to that. Yeah, so we had like nine or ten people in there with their intimate meeting with Randall already hearing him talk about stuff. And he's showing like some spots uh, where he's going to travel to in the, in the daytime. There's a lot of stuff to do around there. Oh, yeah, it's going to be great. Yeah, that's the other reason. I mean, get a deposit in because then you get to start joining the Zooms, uh, ask your questions real time. Probably see me, me and Graham or Randall or someone's making, Randall's been there every week for a while now. Yeah, he, we, he's not there all the time. But no, yeah. but he's there quite a bit. I'm actually working on maybe editing up a little uh, best of from the Zooms. I haven't talked to Randall yet, but I'm sure he's going to be no no problem with it. But I'm going to whip up a little best of from the Zoom chats and throw it out as a little teaser. But uh, yeah, it's shaping up to be quite the trip. We're going to be doing some live podcasts and, you know, the um, the guest list is getting more and more interesting. Yeah. it's a, It really is uh, amazing. Like I, I actually was saying to Bob the other day, because... I mean, right around Christmas, I was starting to have a few reservations about the trip. I was like, holy cow, we have only sold like fucking 15 tickets. and But now, you know, how can you have reservations after you have all those sort of synchros yeah, exactly. slapping you in the face? Yeah, and now exactly. we're selling tickets yeah. like crazy, yeah. and it's all sort of coming yeah. together, and, and we're getting some interest from some interesting places. And yeah. it's just like, you know, it makes me think of what uh, the further possibilities are after this event in yeah. some ways, you know? Yeah. So what else you got, motherfucker? Well, I got I some. Go to social media. If you I got, got some news for you that uh, I was looking for my UFO quote. Oh, and you found more UFO quotes. I I'm out. You're out. I'm out at three thirty three. Wow. So this is the marker that you've been waiting for. There's no more. I mean, I could dig. I could dig some up, but I mean, my database of quotes is is done. So I, I won't take some up. I'm going to move to my backup quote books here for you to guess. Graham, oh, we got to get a new, like, yeah, deep state quote book or something. Like we just need to cut UFO out of that. Profound quote of the week. It's a couple times, okay. so. It's a profound UFO quote of the week. We are grateful to the Washington Post, the New York Times, Time Magazine, and other great publications whose directors have attended our meetings and respected their promises of discretion for almost 40 years. It would have been impossible for us to develop our plan for the world if we had been subjected to the lights of publicity during these years. But the world is now more sophisticated and prepared to march towards a world government the supranational sovereignty of an intellectual elite and world bankers is surely preferable to the national auto-determination practiced in past centuries. 
Oof. Um. FDR. <laughs> no. Fuck. What? <laughs> that was David Rockefeller from Baden-Baden, Germany in 1991. Damn it. That was close. Okay. I think that's pretty close. You're doing no, another one? Not, Is that what you close. said? Yeah. All right. Fuck you, that's not close. Come on, dead air. Yes, I think telepathy exists. And I think quantum physics will help us understand its basic principles, uh, its basic properties. Albert Einstein. Close. Brian Joseph, uh, Josephson, Nobel Prize winning physicist. That's close. Yeah. But the other one isn't. Yeah, he's a, he's a physicist. One's a, you know, one's an Illuminati and one's a, an, an ex-president. You don't think FDR is in the Illuminati? I don't think so. They're puppets. He's only he's like a four-term president. No, there's no such thing, is there? Was there such thing back then? Yeah, he was the only one ever because of the war. Oh, really? Uh, you might be right. Maybe you're right, but I don't know. I feel like he's more of a tool being used by the Rockefellers and types. I'm going to skip. Well, I'm not going to read yeah. comments from episodes we haven't posted yet anyway. No. But the Flat Earth comments are off the charts. They're very, all very mean. Well, were we going to talk about that? Were we going to talk about that? Oh, yeah. The, no, but we're talking about it on the intro for his show. Oh, But the okay. app is fucked. Don't buy the app. So it's seriously, you can't buy the app. It's not right. It's something seriously wrong with the app. Anyway, we will go to um, episode 331. David Getoff at work listening to the intro and can't stop laughing. Getting weird looks and I don't care. <laughs> laughing my ass off. On episode... Oh. Dead air. Dead air. Dead air Dunlop. It's because I can't get past all the flat earth comments. <laughs> it's just, there's seriously. It's we finally weird. did an episode on that. So it's. Uh... It's just seriously. I'm just, I'm still scrolling past flat earth comments. It's fucked up. Uh, here we have Randall Krauss is in an info machine. Watch all his stuff. There's always new things to learn about these topics. Brad releases videos of his lectures on geocosmic wrecks every week. I think that's probably, oh, here we go. No, those are fun, really old videos. Randall Carlson, the man, the myth, the legend. Doesn't get any better than this. Thanks so much, guys. Wild drumming sessions. Can Randall get any cooler? I think you just maxed out. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Bring your percussions. <laughs> right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. What else you got? Who, me? Yeah. Uh, that's about it, buddy, I think. That's it. We begged for cash already. Yeah. Sign up for the newsletter, grammarica.ca slash news. That's a little better these days. Uh, got more content, some pictures of Graham and some and some compromising positions. And uh, yeah. Yeah, there's a bunch of different ways to get a hold of us. 
Mostly through Gram, just email Gram. You could leave a voicemail too or send a text. Oh, uh, what's the number? one four oh three seven zero two six zero eight three. And there's uh if you want swag, there's a link as well in the show notes for shirts and stuff like that. Uh sharing the show and reviewing it on iTunes is a really good way to help without uh having to donate any cash. You can sign your friends up to the newsletter. Subscribe on iTunes. There's you know, there's all those little tricks too, right? If you see us on YouTube, give us a thumbs up or a like or a subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. I accidentally hit the biohacks. Yeah, yeah. Are you doing any biohacking this weekend? Uh, nah, just some meditating. Is that, does that count? Magic? Does that count? No, that doesn't. Are you doing some magic? Yeah, maybe. Ah, the Grimerica show. It's me, Joel. Happy 333rd show day. P.S. You got to get UFO researcher Paul Dean on your show. He's amazing. Yep. Yeah, we'll add him to the list. That's what's changed over the last 333 episodes is the list has like quadrupled. The wish list has quadrupled. We could do this every day and talk to interesting people. It's unbelievable. Oh, yeah. Like there's a list. Of, I can't even. No more. I flags. can't even wrap my hands around all the people we want to have on. Like it's so overwhelming. When you use your adult mind, anything is possible. <laughs> don't, don't even go there. <laughs> it's too much. People are going to get a kick out of that one. Oh. They're getting a kick out of the YouTube. It'll be a kick out of it because we finally did the flat earth one and, and you, you'll see why. We got the worst one. You'll see we, why. We picked the worst fucker. No, no, don't. Yeah. You can't say that now. That's not fair. People listen. Yeah, that's right. All right. No, we. I just we had a bad guest. I think. What? Well, I mean, don't say that now. Why? Wait till after the show. Okay, people. it's after the show for me. Jesus. Anyway, what else you got? That's it. Let's wrap it up. Have a good weekend. All right. Thanks to Seth for coming on and enjoy the chat with Seth. Great Ogle, chat. Ogopogo and Loch Ness and the Wood Ape. I mean, there's some great I like stories. Seth. In he there. seems like awesome. such a nice guy. Yeah. I go around. Remember, he said he'd take us down to that crazy place in fucking Oklahoma. Oklahoma? Yeah. Oh, no. No, no. We wouldn't be allowed in there. We wouldn't even get in there. That's no, the he wood said he could get in us the, in there. Was that in Wichita, maybe? The guys with all the guns and yeah, shit. Yeah. He said he'd That's, get us in there. I don't think so. Yeah, he said so. Maybe only you, because I wouldn't shoot him. Well, don't not tell him that. Sasquatch, so, you know, just act take tough. A bullet for him. Just act like uh, Graham ends up taking a bullet and, <laughs> on our outing. No, like, no. no. <laughs> You're there just when the we just happened <laughs> just to get happened, a shot yeah. at him. Just fucking no. <laughs> what would you do if they got one? You were there. Would you be sad? Yeah. Or would you be like, would you be like torn because you're like kind of sad that the Bigfoot's dead, but you're kind of happy because. The Grimerica show is about to prove the existence of this fucking beast. Dude, there wouldn't even be any time with the protocols they have set up <laughs> to extract the body. Do you think they'd kill uh, us? Oh my God. Imagine. Yeah. There's a way this is. Hopefully that's not the case. Uh, no, but we could maybe meet him. There's a, there's a lake in Montana that he was talking about as well. Maybe we could go down there one day if he's traveling around there. Well, we could go to Ogopogo. Yeah, we should do go, the Ogopogo. We'll rent yeah. a fucking houseboat. Yeah. We'll go America houseboating. Looking for Ogopogo. Could be a thing. Yeah. Anyway, check out the show notes. Everything great's in there. 
do all the stuff in the show notes. Seriously, support the show. It's important. We need uh, we need more support because of, the support's coming in at a slow enough rate right now because we do always get the random cancellations that I think you know we're just kind of hovering at even. So let's at least get above that. Yeah. All right, guys. Enjoy the chat with the one and only Seth Breedlove. Tonight we've got Seth Breedlove back in Grimerica from Small Town Monsters. And this uh, Small Town Monsters started out as like a little independent film series. And now they've done a few a few movies and a couple web series. And uh, they've got all kinds of projects on the go. So looking forward to getting an update from Seth. Thanks for coming back on, buddy. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, fair d- disclaimer, early okay. disclaimer. I'm yeah. I'm still getting over a cold. Oh, uh, so if I if I sound like garbage, that's why. No, you sound good. It's all right. It's all good. All right. So I, I, I don't even know where to start. Up or, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah then, we can, then we can pause it. But yeah, you've got a lot going yeah, yeah. on. I mean, I was trying to familiarize myself with your work, of course, for the last few days or a week, and I watched some stuff. Uh, on the on champ and i was pretty happy about that and then you know but you've got kickstarters going for some other other great uh like a bigfoot one coming up so i mean do you want to just maybe we should start out by just talking about small town monsters in general for people that haven't heard before about about this because i mean it it is just seems to be blowing up to me that there's all this cryptid focus and evidence and i mean you guys are putting together these movies with all kinds of great stuff in there so maybe we could just sort of highlight that and yeah, I mean, like we we the last time I was on here, I think it was Lyle and I, and we talked about two years ago, Boggy right? Creek Monster. So yeah. yeah, that would have been 2016. So since Boggy Creek Monster, we have put out uh, the Mothman of Point Pleasant, Invasion on Chestnut Ridge, the Flatwoods Monster, uh, on the Trail of Champ, the Bray Road Beast. We're we're putting out on the Trail of Bigfoot in a few weeks, uh, and we have already filmed and are into post production on Terror in the Skies. So. Um, so we do, we do, we're basically putting out like two movies a year and then one of these mini series. Uh, and last night we just announced on the trail of UFOs, which will be the follow up to on the trail of champ and on the trail of Bigfoot. Um, so yeah, we, small town monsters kind of grew out of, um, uh, the fact that I was like a, a nerd who sat at work, uh, my desk job all day and just listened to podcasts about stuff I was into. And, um, one of the subjects I was into was was the paranormal, so I listened to a lot of like, you know, like UFO podcasts and Bigfoot podcasts and all that kind of stuff. And um, and uh, while I was doing, I I have this like a defect where I can't 
be into a subject without involving myself in it in some way. So like when I was, when I was super into comic books, I wanted to write comic books and, you know, like as a kid, I, all I, I had no life and I just, I was a homeschooled 300 pound fatty and I just sat in my, my mom's basement and I, I watched movies. So then I wanted to make movies. And, and so like, it's always just been, there's something that's the way I'm wired. Like I, if I'm into something, I try to do it for myself. So, um, after sitting there, um, for, for at, the, at my desk job for years and listening to these podcasts, I decided I wanted to start, um, getting involved in, in the subject. And most of that was like informed by the fact that I saw a lack of certain types of content, you know, focused on these subjects that I was into. So first I started out, I was going to write a book. The book was going to be called small town monsters. Um, and it was going to focus on like these monster cases around the United States, uh, that I found fascinating and almost like a case book, but focused as much on the town and the town's history as it was on the monster. Um, is that the so lack of focus? To... Is that the lack of focus that you found is there wasn't enough background of the town and the history of some of the sightings and all that? I mean, that's a really good question. I think it's, I think it's that, but I also think it's in general, I don't see, and I still think this is the case. I, I, in, in the, paranormal crypto worlds there isn't a focus on the effect this stuff has on not just like the witnesses but other people like tangentially connected to these cases which would include obviously the towns um it's all about like you know cool scary monster stories and and that kind of tends to be it's it's like it runs two ways it's either like let's see how you know what the scariest monster encounter story we can come up with is or let's focus again on a group of people running through the woods with flashlights because we haven't seen enough of that in in how many years of you know this kind of content so anyway like i, I was going to put that book together just kind of based on the fact that i grew up in a small town and i wanted to learn about how these communities were affected by this kind of stuff so um so I, I sent this proposal around and it got rejected by everyone almost immediately. Uh, I, I got some really like nice emails back, but it was pretty much all, you know, like there's already books here that are like this. So f go jump, j go screw or whatever, you know, like, and, um, so I, I, a, a little bit of time passed and I ran into these guys who had like camcorders and stuff. And we had been talking about creating some sort of video content. I've always been really into to movies and I wanted to be a filmmaker as a kid. That was what I was going to do for a career. Um, so these guys seem to be into the same sort of stuff that I was. And I was like, why don't we make a documentary with the equipment you have about one of the cases that I had already kind of done some of the preliminary research for, um, from my book. And, uh, that, that ended up being Minerva monster. Uh, we, we filmed that in late 2014 and put it out in, in 2015. And, it's not very well known like as a movie, but it, uh, it, it locally here it had this weird like it almost went vi viral, but on a very small scale, like a very localized small scale. But it was it was like the, all the radio shows in the area were doing shows about the Minerva monster and all the stuff when our movie came out. And, um, you know, we, were, we ended up on the front page of like 75 newspapers and like all kind of crazy stuff happened. But it was all localized to right here in northeast Ohio, which was kind of funny. Um, but we put that out and then that made enough money where we could 
flip the money we made from that into the next movie, which was uh, Beast of Boy Hall. Nice. So we made Beast of, Beast of Boy Hall in 2015, released in 2016. Also in 2016, we shot Boggy Creek Monster. And then, you know, we, we just kept kind of running down the movies we were going to make. And, and now we're to the point where um, we're just trying to build something beyond just like films uh so we started last year we introduced the on the trail of concept which is like you said it's basically a web series i mean there were um there's also the case files web series which is a little like series of short films that are on youtube um but but we want to do more than just make like cool documentaries and and miniseries we want to be able to expand out and build you know a, a little like I don't know what you would corner of the of the world where we control what we're making, where we control, you know, what is coming out from from us. Um, we've had like all the we we today alone we've had two production companies reach out to us today wanting to like turn STM into like some sort of TV show, and and we we typically like steer clear of that kind of thing because uh the first the very first time like we had one of those production company meetings they wanted to turn small town monsters into a tv show that was going to be like myself and megan fox and my producers running around in a van like scooby-doo trying to solve <laughs> monster mysteries um so we've always kind of steered clear of that stuff and we just do our own thing and we crowdfund it once a year we run a kickstarter campaign and um, every year, those have been gradually more and more successful. Um, and it's allowed us to get to the point where we are today, which is like we basically function as a completely uh, independent production company where we control everything that's coming out and uh, no one's telling us what to do. That's awesome. That's uh, I was going to ask you how you, grow, how you grew into that. And it's, it's good to hear that you can do this all on your own. I mean, obviously, you guys are doing a great work because you got lots of people Lots of people donating. We have friends of ours that have kickstarted your you don't have anybody your, your stuff, and uh, <laughs> and they've got posters of uh, you know I love all the all the stuff you guys have in your kickstarters and all that. So they've uh, yeah they've contributed. Friends Justin awesome. and Adam from uh, their old podcast, which changed names to Cat in the Box. It's a remote viewing one. Give a little shout out to those guys. Are you going to oh. do an Ogopogo one? Well, oh, that's Ogopogo. It, before we started talking, I was asking him because I just watched the tra on the trail of the champ, right? Oh well, yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. And like, like, we could go, we could help out. We could sherpa some shit around for you. Yeah, we know the area pretty good. I could get you some, you know, whatever you need, some local herbs, <laughs> food, whatever. So I was, I was Herb, going to ask herbs about and food. I mean, really, we don't yeah. even need to make a movie. Let's we'll just hang out. Well, with we some herbs that and food. Too. That's right. We'll do a podcast. Well, I mean, uh, how, how did you not go to the Ogopogo realm when you were talking about Champ and focusing on that? I mean, did it, it like for me, I'd want I'd want to sort of try and put this whole bigger picture of Loch Ness and Ogopogo and Champ together. But was that something you had to mm -hmm. leave for later on, maybe? Or well, so so the way that whole miniseries was born was really strange. Uh, and on the trail of in general is still like finding its footing it, it I'll, I'll explain as i go forward but like um alexander petikov who actually shot that entire miniseries um himself um he, him and i had been wanting to make something together for a while and at one point he was actually going to make our flatwoods monster movie um so i'd wanted to make something with him but i wasn't sure what it was going to be so we had talked to him about um 
about doing something about champ. And then I hit on this idea of doing, um, more of like, a a, a an episodic mini series. Um, and he was excited about that idea. So, so he lives up in new England, I think New Hampshire actually. So he's not far at all from, he's only a couple, couple hours from Lake Champlain. And, um, so he decided that was going to be the project he did for Small Town Monsters, and it was going to be this episodic miniseries, and and we were going to put that out. Um, so he, the day he was supposed to go film, he leaves um, with, uh, or he gets ready in the morning. He's like ready to go. He's going to rock it, you know, like his brother's coming. He's got a crew. He's got like a sound guy and a lighting guy, and uh, everyone canceled on him, <laughs> like right right when he was supposed to go. And so Alexander ended up shooting that entire miniseries completely alone. Um, and I, and like for him, I'm sure it was a nightmare, but I'm sitting here in Ohio. Like my, like I would love to do that. Like I would love to just be the only crew, like go out with my camera and just see what happens and hopefully you get it. So, you know, like once I saw him do that, I I was like, okay, I got to do Bigfoot. <laughs> oh, oh I, yeah, I heard you talking about that on one of your Kickstarter shows. Yeah, yeah. So like, so I I I just ended up um, deciding I was going to do on the trail of Bigfoot. It was going to be an episodic miniseries, but instead of like Alexander, who just focused on like Champlain, I was going to focus on the entire like basically northern united states and like the the entire you know bigfoot bigfoot subjects start to finish uh by myself and like it's really easy to like bravely say something like that like i'm gonna go make this by myself and then you actually have to do it and it was it is like the hardest thing i've ever done (laughs) and um and i shot it you know like basically i was shooting it it wasn't that (laughs) it wasn't that scary um but it was like i i shot it starting last March and then just, just shot the last footage in December. Um, so I was editing it too. I mean, basically it was being shot whenever I had free time or what I, what I had to do because our budget was so, so low. Um, basically the budget was like three, three thousand dollars. Um, I've been putting out there that it was five, but really there was money that had to go toward, um, some marketing things. So, so really it was more like three grand. Um, so what I had to do was actually like, uh, pair up shooting trips for on the trail of Bigfoot with like other trips I had to take. So if I had to go, if I had to go to like the Pacific Northwest or something to do like an event, I would, I would toss in like, uh, uh, interviews where I could or B roll or whatever. Um, so I never had any time off this year because pretty much if I was somewhere on a trip, I was, I was shooting, you know, whenever I had a free minute. Um, so it was, it was scary though. Like we actually, I ended up in like the, the, um, in, in Oklahoma in North, um, where is it? It's not Northeastern. It's like Southeastern Oklahoma. It's on the border with like Oklahoma and Arkansas. There's this place called the Wachita mountains and it's kind of like an inland rainforest. It's, it's insane. It's like one of the most, um, it's one of the most jungle like places I've ever been in the United States. And I say that as someone who was in the Olympic peninsula this past year, and that's like an almost literal rainforest. Um, so it's, it's a, it's the Wachita mountains and there's a group in there called the North American wood ape conservancy. Um, and what they want to do is, is find a, a Bigfoot and then kill it, um, to prove that they exist to science. Um, so they can, so they can, you know, prove it to science and protect the species. So I was in there with these dudes for two and a half days. Um, and I went well, from, you're not going to find anything with guys who want to kill it. I mean, he knows like Sasquatch is way smarter than that. 
I'm gonna take the yeah, shot, well, guy. I was, <laughs> I was in there for two and a half days, and I went from like, uh, uh, if I put a percentage on it, it's like I was thirty percent that these things existed. I went from thirty percent to like eighty percent in two and a half days <laughs> yeah, because of the stuff that I experienced in there. Awesome, yeah. Um. So, and that's part of the mini series as well. But I, I totally derailed your like you asked me about like Champlain, and I'm no, 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 because I no, I because well, I, I mentioned you were scared uh, though, so. Yeah, I mentioned yeah, if uh, I'm always I just, scared. Just assume I'm scared. Well, I just I, think to me, like just going like that. It's not Bigfoot I'm worried about. It's wandering around in the woods by myself making a movie. I'd rather just have my buddy there. I'd just feel better if my buddy was there. Well, there, there were other people there, but it was like it was. You know, I was always focused. Actually, if you put a camera in my hand, I'm good. Like it's when I shut the camera off that I start getting, you know, like terrified of everything. But if I've been I've been in like the swamps of, of Southern Arkansas, you know, with like alligators five feet away from me while I'm riding in the front of a boat, you know, shooting footage. And as long as I have that camera in my hands, I'm, I'm fearless. I, I'm apparently invincible if I've got my a seven S even if you hear the banjos. Yeah, no, I, so far I've, so far I've even been good with that. I managed. I wear my metal chastity belt, though. So, so what were what were some of the things that that brought you from thirty to eighty percent? Then, um, well, there were there was pretty much constant activity of some sort from the time we got in there, which is something I I learned pretty quickly. Is you actually, you know, like I'm used to Northeast Ohio, where you have to be like your senses have to be on alert and you're like looking for something. This place is the opposite. You actually want to tune everything out because otherwise, every single thing you hear or see or smell or whatever you're going to be convinced is bigfoot so like i'm i'm in this place for like five hours and five hours in i'm convinced i we are surrounded and or you know like it's just ridiculous the amount of stuff that you hear in there and most of it's probably completely normal you know forest activity in a in a dense ecosystem like the one we were in um but we experienced uh so we heard like the the weird like folk kind of speech um, you Ooh. know, like there was actually a really kind of cool incident, uh, and this unfortunately is not in the documentary, but I was actually went up this, there's a road that leads in there. Okay. So if, if we're going to talk about X, I got to set everything up Yeah, okay, we should, because we should, yeah. This, place, yeah. this place is unlike any place I've ever been before. I talked to, a. A British special forces operative who's a member of the NAWAC who told me, the only road he's ever been on that compares to the road into X is in the Congo in terms of like just the terrible road condition. It's basically like a washout down the side of this mountain that you have to take a four wheel drive pickup truck that's jacked um, to even make it down. And even then they scrape the bottom. So it's it, it can be it can be perilous just getting in there. It's a two and a half hour drive off the paved road. Um and it's only nine miles off the paved road. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's a two and a half hour drive. You're going straight down this mountain and you're you end up that the road dead ends into what they call Area X. And Area X is like base camp um, for, for the NAWAC. They've got uh, a cool little spot in there. They've got a cabin built like you know, you'll see the whole thing in the dock, but, um, the, the, you know, the crazy thing is how dense the undergrowth is. You can't see five feet off the trail in some spots. Um, it's, you don't want to wander off the trail. Uh, we actually stopped halfway through the drive cause I, I had to urinate. And, uh, when I got out of the truck,
truck, there was a friggin' uh, black widow sp- spider just chilling on this this leaf, like right next to where I was standing. And uh, I called I called Alton Higgins, who was driving us in. He's he's actually one of the people in charge of the NAWAC. He's a a former professor of biology. He's like a genius. Um, he's like, I don't even think we have black widow spiders in here. And he like walks around the truck and he looks at it and he goes. Oh yeah, that's yep. That's a black widow. So uh, that was the second black widow we saw. The other one uh, actually like dove into our tent later that night as I was getting ready for bed. So that was cool. Um, but anyway, like it's it's just insane. You can't get into this place unless you are absolutely dedicated to being in there. Um, so the idea of there being like the the theory I see thrown out online the most is that this group is being hoaxed. Um, but like the fact is you'd have to be suicidal to hoax them because they are all armed to the teeth. Um, they're, you know, they're all carrying guns and, um, you, there's so many animals in those woods that want to kill you, um, that I don't even know how you'd survive just chilling, you know, on a hill basically for, for four days or whatever. Um, we saw rattles, the rattlesnakes in, in there have adapted to no longer have rattles. Um, so you don't even know they're coming. Um, there's mountain lions, there's black bear, uh, wild hogs, um, all, all kinds of stuff. It's, na- it's, it's, it's a nasty, disgusting place. Like I thought for sure I was going to die the entire time I was in there. And, um, uh, so we were, so we're down in this Valley. We're in our, we're in our base camp and, um, we, the the one day we decided we were going to take this walk back up the road, you know, just take this walk out. I was going to shoot some B-roll on the walk. And um, the first strange thing that happened is as soon as we rounded this bend and left base camp, there was like a very clear wood knock. So it was like clear as could be. I mean, like we're going to leave the woods or we're going to leave base camp. And now they're letting this was what it was. Your assumption is anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, now they're going to let someone know that they're, that you're coming yeah. or whatever, you know? So there's this very clear wood on wood knock. Uh, so we, we start up the trail and, um, we're, we're only a few hundred yards, like maybe 200 yards from camp. And between us and base camp, we hear two voices and you can't make out the words, but it's like two voices talking back and forth. And immediately on our walkie talkie, we get someone from base camp radio and they're like, Hey, are you guys talking on the trail? And we were like, yeah, we are. Cause we were, we were talking at that point and they're like, all right, we, th- we think we heard you. And, and Brian goes, were you guys talking to base camp? And they were like, no. He's like, okay. Cause we heard something between us and us and you. Um, so we, you know, we, we actually started talking as loud as we could and, you know, to see if they, if they could hear us, they couldn't hear us. Um, so, so the assumption is that it was something, you know, talking back and forth on the trail, um, between us and, and base camp, which was pretty weird. And that's just like one of the, that's one of the smallest things that happened to me in there. You constantly were hearing strange kind of calls in the woods. Uh, we, we heard a lot of tree knocks. The thing that really sent me over the edge, um, as far as like scale of belief is like I, I saw uh, on the last, well, there's a couple of things in the movie. You'll actually get to see the eye shine. I saw a green eye shine and filmed it, um, up the side of this mountain, uh, in the completely pitch black forest. Um, and that's actually in the movie. Like it's, uh, 
it, it actually you'll see it in the trailer I'm putting out like next week if you if you follow our trailers at all. But um, so we saw this eye shine the one night, and then the next night, um, it was about two thirty a.m. I had a migraine the entire time I was in Area X, probably because there's no there's no um breeze in there because you're down in this valley and it's stifling heat and humid and I couldn't get over this dumb migraine I had. So I was going to bed. It was like two thirty a.m. I was just about to fall asleep. And um, uh, something threw a rock off the side of the mountain beside us that that crashed into a metal roof. Um, they had they've built like this port in there, like one of those metal kind of outbuildings that you can build. You know, you can buy them and build, um, and that's where they keep a lot of their supplies and stuff. And something chucked this rock off the side of the mountain, and then as soon as it crashed into the roof, there was this really loud like whoop, like. Um, I compare it to like uh, a, a Native American, like an Apache war whoop in a John Wayne movie. Like that's what it sounded like. Like I was I was watching a John Ford movie or something, and that was immediately uh, followed by what we have. The only thing we've been able to come up with to, to identify it with is Gibbon laughter, like really, really powerful, loud Gibbon laughter, um, and that echoed all across the valley. Um, and that was it, but it was like enough to, it was enough to move the needle for me because there's really nothing that can throw rocks other than people. Um, and, uh, there aren't many things in the woods that can make the noises we heard. It sounded like you were at a, at a monkey enclosure at a zoo. Um, it was, it was really, really unusual. Um, and, and also like for people who are like, well, it could have been one of the people that you were with from the group or whatever. There, there were only four people from the group that we were with. Um, Alton actually dropped us off and then went back out. Um, but we were in there with, um, four people who we know, I actually know really well. Like I would count them all pretty good friends and know them, uh, fairly well. All very, uh, one of the, one of the people in there with us was Kathy strain who wrote a book called giants, cannibals and monsters. She's also the, uh, tribal relations manager for the Stanislaus national forest. Um, and her husband, Bob is the, used to be like the fire chief, um, where, where they live. And then Brian Brown, who used to run the Bigfoot show, which was a podcast that a lot of people that are super into Bigfoot might be familiar with. Um, he used to host that show. Um, and then Daryl Collier, who was a, uh, worked in military intelligence for about 30 years, um, and is now retired, but that was the group we were in there with. And, um, it was crazy. That was, a, it was, it was one thing after the next, the entire time we were in there, including Daryl, um, claiming that he was, he almost shot one of these things while he was within like five hours of us getting in there. He, he was, he claimed he was scoping one in all part of the episode of on the trail of Bigfoot, the wow. focus is on. Wow. What's, what, what was, what's with the green eye shine and the significance of that? Well, so that was like the weirdest thing. And this is something the group is actually kind of upset at me, not upset at me, but they're not thrilled that I included this in the documentary because of how I worded it. Um, so we're sitting around the, at night at night, they turn off all lights. There's no, there's no fire. And you got to remember we, we were in there in July. Um, so the tree canopy is, th the leaf canopy is so thick. You can't, there's no, there's no starlight. There's nothing. So you're sitting in com complete isolated black. And all of a sudden I noticed these two pinpoints of light on the side of this hill, actually the same hill that 
the rock throw would have come off of two nights later. Um, I see these two pinpoints of light and they stand out because it's so dark. I mean, it's so dark and they were very clearly green, like a green eye shine. You know, you know how you, uh, a deer has green eye shine. If you flash a, a light on them or something, they have that kind of like, yeah, especially if you're eye. driving or, down the highway, that's when you notice it the most. Cause I'm yeah. from a part of the country in Canada where there's tons of moose on the road where I grew up. So it's like when you're driving down the highway at night, you're watching the ditches for that exact eye shine that you're talking about. So, yeah. And what's real weird is there was no light. Oh, so, I see. There was no light. Yeah. yeah you're seeing it. Without, so there's no light the anyway. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's, there's, so, you know, like I noticed it because there's no other light in there. And all of a sudden there's these two pinpoints of light watching me from the hill. And I'm trying to like gauge where I'm looking, I, I thought maybe I was seeing starlight through the tree canopy, but the guys, you know, like I asked someone, I was like, how high is the tree canopy? And they told me, you know, like how, and I'm like, okay, I'm looking like I'm not even halfway up this mountain then that's beside the cabin. And, um, so I called one of the guys over and he walks over and he looks, you know, like I guided his, his head with my hand. I'm like right there. And he's like, oh yeah. He's like, there's, there's green eyes. <laughs> and, uh, so we're, we're standing there and one of the other guys says, what is it? I said, there's two eyes watching us from the hill. He stands up and for whatever reason, he turned his flashlight on, showed up there. And as soon as he did, the eyes went sideways across the hill while still staring at us, which is one of the creepiest things I've ever seen. It was like, it was like the eyes are here. And then all of a sudden they're just going like this while still looking at us. Um, and then they just kind of disappeared. So we caught, we we caught the eye shine on video at the first point where we were looking at it. You know, like we're looking at it, and then Brian came over with his light, and for whatever reason, he he did a dumb thing and scared it away. Um, well, it's kind of in a way. It's were, they good, sh- were they going to shoot at it? You think that was that ever an option? I mean, these yeah. guys all have guns; they wouldn't shoot at night, though, right? No, I, I mean they would shoot at night if they had if if Daryl Daryl actually had his his rifle with his um with his infrared um scope and all that on it. But um he is really cautious about taking a shot because they've they've um they, they at one point did take a shot. Um they've actually taken shots a, a multiple times. One of them there was an incident called the Echo incident where they very clearly shot at something. It left blood on a rock in the creek. They retrieved some of the blood samples and sent them to a lab. The lab couldn't even identify what the substance was that they sent to them despite the fact that their own biologists in the group were able to identify it was some sort of blood. So um there have been incidents where they fired but um that that the reason they weren't thrilled with me for the wording that I used in on the trail of Bigfoot when I'm describing the eye shine is that I said it looked like it was self illuminated, and these guys are very like flesh and blood biological animal, which I you know like I tend to believe if these things exist that it's some sort of undiscovered ape, but they they did not like the fact that I didn't you know somehow put a disclaimer in there that that you know like it could have been eye shine but to me it was standing in a spot where there wasn't eye shine and what i saw 
looked like it was self-illuminated. So I'm not saying that's what it was. I'm just saying when it you're there like, in yeah. that moment, that is what it appears to be when you're looking at well, it. Well, I feel like it's better than red eye shine. I mean, not be even creepier. So you pissed off all the guys with the guns, and then you're just in the in hell with them for a couple of days. That's great. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, that was, was after like, when you edited like, it out into yeah. the series. Oh, okay, like, so you're ah, gone. Yeah, so you're not going back. Yeah. There's not a part two. I see here's the thing I'm a member of the group oh, so I, I'm I'm good like I think I'm good uh, they they allowed me in the group and it took me like two years to get them actually three years to get them to the point where they would let me come in to make this episode there's never been anyone allowed into X um, I don't know if you guys remember the Rob Lowe show the Rob Lowe paranormal show that was on TV last year um, you guys know who Rob no, Lowe is yeah, I know Rob, Rob Lowe, Lowe the but... actor yeah the actor yeah, yeah I don't he doesn't like seem a, like a paranormal guy. How was the show? He seems like it. I, I never saw it. All I know is that he was with the NAWAC last year, and um, they they didn't even take him into X. Like they they had him outside of X because they don't really <laughs> trust people to come in there. Um, so it was cool. Like it was amazing just to get to go in there. Uh, and I I've always considered myself very much a skeptic, so I at least felt like I I got. You know, a little. Yeah, there's kick. enough going on there that it's just yeah. unexplainable. Yeah. So, what's your take on that then? I mean, we have a, an ongoing debate. You're hanging out with some people with guns that are shooting at Bigfoot. Are you mortified? Are you okay with that? What What do you think? Where do you? What's your stance on the uh, on ki- shoot on kill or kill. don't shoot? Uh, I don't. So here's the thing. I got to know they even exist um, one way or the other, but I do believe the only way, if they exist, the only way you're going to prove it is with a body. I mean, you can't, there's no other way to prove it. Um, science won't accept a photo as evidence that they exist. So you, you have to take a, a type specimen. I don't even, the debate, the like kill, no kill debate has always been bizarre to me because there really sh- shouldn't. Be it, I mean, like, I get morally or like principally there being an argument. Like, I don't believe, I I don't necessarily believe I would personally take a shot. But as far as like how you prove them, there's no argument there. Like, you have to have a body and like well, end of discussion. Yeah, but you could have a you know. So you support the shot? No, but you, you personally wouldn't take it. There's other ways. Yeah. Yeah. How you could make friends yeah. or tranquilize oh, gonna make it friends like, with it. They're gonna meditate together. <laughs> No, I mean, what if they're going to come? Like, he's going to come in willingly. Like you hear those stories about the people that were going to take a shot and they look into its eyes and they can't do it because it's like a human face. And sure. it's like, I'm shooting another guy. So, okay. See, but you're, you're, you're changing the, the discussion though there, because like, I totally agree. I, I totally get that. Like, that's why I, I'm not a hunter. I can't even like when I was like eight years old, I shot a bird with a BB gun that was sitting in our, our tree. And I cried for like four days about it. And I've never (laughs) shot anything since, you know? So like, I, I couldn't see myself doing that, but at the same time, it's like the argument against it, I don't think holds any water. Cause I think there's only one way to, you know, like force science to, to accept that they exist. You've, you've got to have something. So, I mean, if you can, if you can, yeah, if you can talk him into like cutting his finger off or giving you a little drop of blood or something like some hair, you know, like hair might not even do the trick. No. Uh, but like if, if you can get him to to hand over something or I mean, ideally, you'd find one dead, you know, like you just find one dead somewhere and you you take that in. I mean, the, the weirdest thing for me being in there was 
we get in there and they have this whole discussion. They set us down and they're like, they're running us through the protocol of what happens if they kill one while we're in there. Yeah. And that was like surreal for me because I was like, I've never in a realistic context, I've never thought about that. Can you give us a quick rundown of the protocol? It's got to be all planned out, right? I mean, if you see it, what happens? We start chasing, we start shooting. What do we do next? Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to, could you give us like the quick version of the Bigfoot killing protocol? Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much I can go into it. Um, he would be allowed I back know. in X if he says it. <laughs> yeah. This is like, um, yeah. no, it's like it, it's it's basically what you'd assume. Like they they asked us like, what uh, if if we kill one and there are others around and it turns violent? Like, what body part do you think you need to cut off to prove it exists? You know. So then I'm like, well, a hand will do if we're in a crazy rush, or you take the head. Um, and you, you're going to rush back. They, they have, okay, so then they also have um, an order in which the vehicles will travel out, um, which is really interesting. Like the, the, the body or piece of the body will be in like a middle truck and they have like guys flanking that. And, you know, like it, it is all to the letter. And then once they're out of X, um, they've got like this crazy industrial freezer that was created specifically for a Bigfoot body that's like ready to go. Um, so the, I mean, the whole thing has been really, body really clearly laid out. I thought you were going to say they call the helicopter in like he radios through. So you guys have someone on standby that flies the heli in and picks it up. It wouldn't be able to get, it wouldn't be able to get anywhere because the tree, the tree so can't be in there. What if it's a dude yeah. in a suit then? What are they going to do? Do they have a no, backup plan for that? It's, I, I, the, the idea of, of, the guy in a suit thing to me having been in there. Cause I'll tell you this, the entire drive into X Adam and I, Adam, the guy that was with me, were joking around about how they had been hoaxed for the last like 10 years. Like that was the joke. Like we went in there pretty much convinced that we weren't going to experience anything that we were going to look around and be like, yeah, more than likely it's like some hillbillies hanging out on the mountain and then you get in there and you realize like there is no no way. I grew up with forest behind my parents' house. Like I've been in in woods my whole life. Um, I'm not saying I'm an outdoorsman because that that would be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But like this is unlike anything I've experienced, and it just wouldn't make sense. You would actually have to have a devoted group of hoaxers who were willing to hang out in in Area X for about six or seven months. Yeah, exactly. Uh, living in the woods, because they're documenting activity, you know, on a, on a really ridiculous scale. Um, actually, if you guys, like, they have a, what they call the Wachita Project monograph that's on their website um, at woodape.org. Uh, and if you go there, you can read, they, doc, they very studiously, like, document all the activity that's going on. And, you know, some of it seems really mundane and boring, and some of it is insane. There was an incident in there that's my favorite, probably my favorite piece of evidence they've ever recorded that was called the Rain of Rocks, where for like three hours one night, this cabin just gets pelted by rocks. <laughs> and they have they have the audio recorders going, and they're throwing rocks back up into the woods, and the woods are, the rocks are coming back out of the woods. Um, they, they go out in the morning and have, you know, they have photos of all the rocks and that's in the doc, the, the mini series. Like we have the audio from that along with the, you know, pictures of the rocks and stuff. Oh, so, nice. I mean, there, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of activity in there that's really unusual, um, that kind of defies easy explanation, you know, and you come 
you come back to the frustrating questions, the frustrating, like skeptical questions that we all have, like, why don't we have a body? Why didn't they shoot one in the woods that night? Why, you know, like you, you have all that stuff. Um, I have the answers endless, for those. Endless oh, questions. Of you do. I, I'm less skeptical than you guys about this. I feel like there's enough stories of high strangeness that Sasquatch ain't going to be shot. You got our they're, armchair they're too, researcher over they're here. They're slipping in and out of <laughs> they got slipping in and out of dimensions, or they're just too good. Like your shirt says, they're the hide and seek world champions. I mean, they know what's going on. They're just playing with us. So these like guys, yeah. Yeah, man, they're they got the tele, telepathic stuff going on. I mean, you never know. Well, I think we should. That, Joe like, Rogan should have went there. And you can, yeah, that's the thing, exactly, right? See, Joe did it all wrong. I mean, there's enough evidence out there, so much evidence, but there's also a lot of evidence that gets ignore, ignored by the the nuts and bolts people because they want a they want a physical specimen, but it's never going to happen. We should send you down there. I won't get in. They won't let me in. I'll, I'll take you. I'll take you next year. Look, he's we'll, so we'll you can't have that attitude. You got to be our man. Look, you he gotta... took him three years to get in there, and he's like a professional crypto filmmaker. I mean, there's no way. Oh boy. I'd come. I would come check that. I just think it did go through my mind though. If we were doing this like full time, we could travel for the show. Like it would be fun to do that. It would, especially. I mean, maybe they might not let you in because of your no shoot policy. But I am okay with shooting. I'm not going to try and stop the shooting. I will point to where they should shoot. I'm on board. It's going to be like uh, it's going to be like Predator, where they just like yeah. unload on yeah. them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can you imagine if we were there when they bagged the Bigfoot? I mean, no, thing, I, I don't I, know. I'd I, be scared yeah, that, that the government's coming to kill me or something. Yeah, that's that's like, why they have the protocol they, with the, they with talk the flanking about, cars yeah, yeah, going they're, out. They're, I mean, yeah, they're not, you know, they're, when that happens, they're, they're up against the Sasquatch and the government and the intelligence agencies. And, I mean, everybody's after them at that point. Sure. Like, that was the thing. <laughs> within, within, like, two hours of being, three hours of being in there or whatever, to have, like, that be, someone be radioing back that they were looking at one through a scope, I'm, I'm, at the, I'm simultaneously, like, awesome. Like, I really got to, I can't wait to film this, you know, like, shoot it. And I'm also like, oh, we're going to die in here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, there is no way, there's no way we're not going to die in here. Yeah. So the thing I do love about all these, uh, gunshots a couple hours in, yeah, and that wouldn't be good. I do love about uh, about your shows and your series. Like, it's speaking of the plethora of evidence, the same with Champ. I mean, you guys get into all the old, all the old stories and and sightings as well. I mean, there's a lot of. I love how you go back and you can talk about the stuff from the 1800s and the early 1900s and and yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I just find it. There's still people that question whether these things, whether there's a possibility of these things being real, and yet there's just so much evidence out there. I mean, it's, it's, it's not proof, evidence, but I mean, it's right. You know, it's but evidence of a type. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's like circumstantial or whatever, but it's still it's still the amount of it seems to matter to me. Yeah. No. I. I. Um. Th that was one of my favorite things about on the trail. Actually, that first episode of On the Trail of Champ is like entirely about that historical stuff. Yeah. The first. Two episodes of On the Trail of Bigfoot are all about that historical stuff, especially the first episode. It goes through like the Ape Canyon incident and like some of the early like wild man reports and, and, and all that like really weird. Like like um, I grew up in Ohio. So here in Ohio, we had 
uh, a report from a newspaper article from 1869 about what they called the Gallup police ape. Um, and it was basically like this newspaper article that ran about this giant ape that jumped out of a tree and attacked this guy. Um, and that's like the oldest known report in Ohio. But there's there's reports from like the 1930s of like the Norwalk ape and all, all kinds of that stuff. And yeah, that on the trail of champ uh, especially goes into that early Lake Champlain history. But, you know, like it's so weird comparing something like Bigfoot with something like Champ because Champ's so localized yeah. to that one place. Yeah, yeah. And for there to be for there to be a history of sightings and legends relating to some sort of like dinosaur like creature living in the lake is so bizarre to me. Like that does almost make you wonder if there isn't something to it because like even in on the trail of champ, um, Alexander had uncovered that there was like a, a petroglyph that was found in the river. One of the rivers that runs into the, into the lake where they had carved what looks like champ on a rock. And this was like a native American tribe like centuries ago, um, which is really weird. And then you've got the, the reports uh, from the 1800s on Lake Champlain as well. And I'm not as read up on champ lore as I should be because I, I didn't make that series. Yeah. But um, but that was definitely like my favorite aspect of that whole mini that he made. So is there a possibility of o- Ogopogo, like, uh, you know, to, to go along with that champ? I mean, to see all the similarities? And I mean, there is, you know, it is localized to Lake Champlain in a way, but it's also the Okanagan Lake here and Loch Ness. I mean, it is hard to discount what i would do what i would want to do is like on the trail of lake monsters right and go go out like broaden it out beyond just like ogopogo and champ and go to like the the what is it flathead lake in montana where they have the flathead lake monster and like you there yeah there's one carry your stuff (laughs) well you this is like your second offer to carry my stuff on this one show i might i might have to i might have to hire you at some point as like my the small town monster sherpa that's right. That's where, That's exactly yeah, what big, I'm going for. There's some for. Bigfoot activity around here, too. We have some friends that go out in the woods uh, not too far away, and they have sightings. Grant went stuff, once, so. but he got scared and didn't leave the tent. I went by myself, and I was scared shitless in the tent. Yeah, no, I could I could definitely see like doing something that looked at Lake Mon- Ogopogo is one of my favorites, by the way. Like That was when I was first getting into all this stuff, Ogopogo. Um, was one of the 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 more not not obscure, but like I'd never heard of it, and that was like one of the ones that really caught my attention, and and I loved the design of it, <laughs> like yeah. the design of the creature that people came to see. Yeah, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, we'll get a houseboat, yeah. head out on the Okanagan for a week. We'll find you're something. Gonna carry, <laughs> you're gonna carry the houseboat. Would you too. go to Scotland too? Then is that uh, where uh, yeah, Loch Ness I mean, is in Scotland? Yeah. Yeah, you'd have to, I would think, if you're, like, really going to do a, a deep dive, uh, no pun intended, but if you're going to do a deep dive into lake monsters, I think you have to go to to Loch Ness. But, I mean, like, we're still, we're doing well, but we're not to the point where I feel like we can just be like, you know what, let's go make, let's go international. Yeah, let's, exactly. like, start flying a whole crew over to 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 Scotland. You know, when I used to be into Loch Ness when I was a kid, 
I always pictured Scotland as being someplace else. And now when I look at that map and see how tiny Scotland is on the north tip of England and how little it is and that lake's 27 miles long, it's just that could easily be part of the ocean. You know, it becomes more feasible, I think. Oh, I see what you mean, yeah. You know, it's just like it's practically the ocean. It's not like, you know, when I was a kid, I think I thought Scotland was in Europe. Yeah. So over the last few years, did you, like with all these, all these ones you're making and you guys are obviously digging into all this evidence and, and there's lots of it. I mean, is there any overarching, I mean, how's your, like, just spec, feel free to speculate. Like how, and I know there's different things, different, each monster has its own, maybe, um, you know, reasoning for existing or whatever, but how, what's your, is there any overarching themes of, of what a lot of these cryptids are like is, is there you know is it military programs gone awry or is it old uh you know old um animals that are that we don't realize are still living that kind of thing like is there anything i mean i i think i have different theories about each one but they're not going to be as exciting as some people might yeah, yeah. like I, I i really do tend to be pretty skeptical um, and I don't, that's good. I don't I'm think, not, yeah. I don't think like a lot of the witnesses that are talking to us are lying to us or anything like that. But, um, I just am skeptical on, on a lot of these, but I know, I know the, you know, the, the, the Mothman case always stands apart as like something that's really unusual. Cause you had so many different, I mean, it's such a varied array of phenomena that kind of converged on point pleasant yeah. and, um, you know, you had the men in black and you had UFOs and you had the Mothman itself. Um, you had Bigfoot sightings going on in the same area as Mothman sightings. Like there were, there was a Bigfoot sighting. There was a Bigfoot sighting that sounds like a Bigfoot crossed with a Mothman um, from 1967 in the TNT area in Point Pleasant. So it's like really unusual. You know, there was like voices in the sky and, and there's the zone of fear, which is like one of my favorite little side stories to the Mothman. Um, the John Keel talked about in the Mothman prophecies where he was out this one night walking through this area and he walked, was walking through the TNT area and walked into this area where all of a sudden he was just like stricken with fear and he he didn't even know if he could continue walking like he was so terrified and he walked like two feet and it just went away and he turned around and stepped back to where he just came came from and it hit him again so he stepped back out and almost spent the night in the tnt area because he didn't want to walk back through this what he called the zone of fear i mean there's like all of this weird stuff that was going on in point pleasant at that time and for that i i really have no explanation like i think i think point pleasant is a very interesting place because it it sits on the ohio river it's kind of an at one time it was an industrial hub there's a lot of military connections to to point pleasant um the tnt area was originally a place called the West Virginia Ordnance Works. It was designed by these two brothers who um, originally designed uh, uh, the the first like nuclear testing facility in America. Um, they then went on to design uh, and build uh, the West Virginia Ordnance Works. And when they were done there, they went out to um, work on area 51 so like th- there's a really weird connection there with like high strangeness and ufos and the paranormal um 
So on that story, I have nothing. We just made this movie, the the Bray Road Beast, last year. You know, and like I went into this very reticent to do that story because I really have I don't have much of an interest in the Dogman phenomenon. I just I don't know why I I find the idea of like Dogman as some sort of undiscovered species kind of laughable. Like I can't I can't biologically it makes no sense like for there to be dogs running around on their their you know, tiny hind legs. Um, so I just never could get into that. So we were, we, we decided we were going to make this movie, the Bray road beast. And <clears throat> you know, the entire shoot pretty much goes how you would expect, like, you know, witnesses telling us about their terrifying encounters. Um, you know, some really cool stories about the town, stuff like that. And then on the last day we get the animal control officer for, uh, Walworth County and Walworth County is, um, where the beast of Bray road was being seen, uh, outside of this town of Elkhorn and, uh, John Frederick Fredrickson was his name. And he had actually been, um, getting, uh, werewolf reports going back to like the late eighties. And he kept a file that was marked werewolf, uh, in his, in his file cabinet. And he had, you know, it was full of files about, you know, this, all these, all these bizarre, not files. It was full of cases, uh, all about these bizarre sightings. And, um, so we sit down to interview him and he's telling us about what was in his folder. You know, it was going exactly as you would imagine. And then one of my, my guys chimed in and just apparently he had done some reading. I hadn't done. He was like, can you talk about the occult stuff? And, uh, John just like opened up about the, the fact that at the same time, the beast of Bray road was being seen in the late eighties, early nineties. Um, there was a ton of like really bizarre occult activity taking place around Walworth County where they were finding these, uh, mutilated animal, uh, carcasses, usually in piles, um, back in the woods with like hearts ripped out and testicles removed and like all kind of weird, like bizarre occult like stuff. And, um, his personal belief was like these, occult people had you know conjured some sort of demon and that's what the the beast of bray road was which might sound absurd except for the fact that one of the oldest sightings of a dogman like creature in the state of wisconsin is in the 1930s uh and it took place at a at a um I can't, the, the name of the actual institute is escaping me but it was a mental institution not far from elkhorn and um there was there was a night watchman on the grounds there who one night was like doing his rounds. Oh, I should probably preface this by saying that that this institute, this mental institution, was surrounded by bin, uh, Indian burial mounds. Um, and he was he was doing his his rounds one night, and he came around this corner, and there was this dog man standing up on top of one of the mounds digging, and uh, it heard him approaching, turned around, uh, saw him, and walked away. He comes back the next night, and it's there again. And this time it starts walking to, toward him, um, muttering something like something strange, um, almost like a proto human language years passed. And Linda Godfrey was writing the beast of Bray road book. Uh, and this man's son, the night watchman's son actually called Linda because he had seen the, the newspaper articles about the beast of Bray road. He called Linda and told her his father's story and mentioned this proto human 
language or whatever and described what the creature was saying and she realized immediately it had been saying the word Gadara, which is also the name of the town where Jesus cast the demons out of the swine you know out of the out of the the demon possessed man that went into the swine that jumped off the cliff um, so there's a weird connection there there had also been some sort of exorcism performed at that institute like two weeks before this incident and Jeez. the priest that had performed it believed that he had been followed home by the demon um so there's there's all, all kinds of like that case i have no explanation for because on the surface it seems like it's just people seeing some sort of werewolf-like creature and then you start talking to people and all of a sudden there's like a cult-like activity and there's a possible local government cover-up of the occult-like activity john actually eventually lost his job because he got in a very public argument with the local police over whether or not there was an occult uh, a, a, a like whether or not the animal mutilations they were uncovering were um you know occult related so i don't know i, I it all comes down to the, a specific case and usually i come away from them with more questions than i have answers and i never have like i never have a, a favorite theory except in the case of the flatwoods monster which i like i 100 percent believe that that the kids you know, do you guys know that story with like the, yeah, a little bit. I, I, yep. No, no, okay. let's, let's do a recap. Oh, yeah, let's do a recap. <laughs> See, this is the problem. I, I talk about these things. Like everyone knows what exactly. I'm talking about because it, it, the, well, the flat flat monster. is pretty famous and it's, and it's got to do with UFOs as well, doesn't it? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah the Flatwoods monster case. So this happened in 1952 in Flatwoods, West Virginia. Um, Flatwoods is, is one of my favorite places. I had one of the greatest days of my, my life in Flatwoods this past year. Um, but anyway, the, 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 um, these kids were like playing football, uh, in this Valley and, uh, they see this object streak across the sky and come to a landing on top of a hill. I'm blowing through this because otherwise yeah, yeah. I'm going to be here all night. Yeah. They see this object streak across the sky, land on top of this hill. The kids go up the hill to investigate what's there. And when they get up there, um, they see this massive, like 11 to 13 foot tall, uh, mechanical being is, is how I would put it. Um, standing under a tree, uh, they run off down the hill, and the story kind of passes into legend. And it's very difficult to tell what aspects of that story are true and which were created by the people that investigated it at that time or just kind of have been tweaked so much over the years in the retelling. So we we were able to interview the actual two living witnesses, Ed and Fred May. Ed had never spoken about it before in his life and fred gave us his last interview um that he's going to do on the subject so they i came away from that like 100 percent believing that they saw some sort of massive robotic something that night um and my personal like opinion is that it was probably some sort of experimental government craft um you know like whether it was like a mechanical suit or like a rocket or something um I'm not sure, but but what they describe seeing is not how that story is typically portrayed, you know, in like pop culture or urban legends or that Project Blue Book show, which basically said it was an owl sitting in a tree. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, that one I came away from believing 100 percent what the witnesses said and believing that it was probably some sort of government experiment, you know, that had gotten away from them. Yeah, yeah, you were you were talking about the proto-human language with the uh, Bigfoot and the dog people. We got a question from the chats from Allie. 
uh, mm. to ask if you have ever heard that Cain from the Bible became the first Bigfoot. Yeah. Yeah. I've heard that. I've, I've heard that, that theory. Um, it's, it's certainly interesting. I don't know where to go with that. <laughs> well, it seems to me like, you know, if, if you get into dog people and all sorts of stuff like that, then it's got to be, maybe there's like weird portals or caves that go into, you know, there's... It could just be lycanthropy is real. I mean, there's, you know, all what? kinds of wear humans, wear wolves, wear dogs. Like, it could just be... Do they just happen on a full moon? Pretty much. People just turn or, into or, or, they, or they're manifested they through occult practices or whatever. Do they forget? Like, they, do they stay like that? Do they switch back? Sure. Sure. They switch back. This is a great answer. Yeah, oh yeah, he's always very <laughs> thorough. So did you, speaking what? of UFO sightings, didn't you have a friend uh, have a UFO sighting you wanted to talk about? Because we love, we, love oh, yeah, we love hearing the UFO sightings too. Yeah, so so um, my friend Rose, so she had, she was down, and this was not, okay, so here's what's weird about her sighting that I found out later. Um, first of all, it's only maybe like an hour and a half from Flatwoods, West Virginia, and that entire mountain range that Flatwoods sits pretty close to is kind of renowned for weird activity going all the way back to the 1960s, and that's something people probably don't realize is that when that 1966-1967 um, Chicago, or not Chicago, but Point Pleasant Mothman stuff was going on, there was a UFO, UFO wave connected with that. That UFO wave was not relegated to just Point Pleasant. Um, it was actually all over the state of West Virginia, and there were tons of sightings. Um, and a lot of those sightings were taking place in the hills around Flatwoods and then up that mountain range. What's really interesting about this range is that it's actually where Sea SETI sits. So there's, um, you know, the the original um, search for for extra what is it search for extra extraterrestrial. So is it the actual SETI or the Sea SETI? No, 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 it's the study. Is that it? Okay. Yeah, but there's a big so difference. There's a big difference between C SETI and set. Never mind searching and studying. There's a big difference between C SETI and regular SETI. Okay, so there, there's That's, two. There's is, two places. There's one in Mount Adams. There's one at Mount Adams, and there's one in West Virginia, and one at. I think it's SETI. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's, 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 yeah. C-SETI that's is search. where they call aliens no, with their no, mind. See, C-SETI is where we call it and we study <laughs> it, and SETI is where they pretend to look for it and they search for it. Okay, so that's Through what radio it is. waves um, and all that. So anyway, that's, that's like right on top of the mountain where, where she was, but she was driving up this m mountain with her daughter one night. They were going up there to like look at that. It's, it's like a – what is it where you're – where there's like a dark skies. That's what, what it is. They were trying to see the stars uh, and they're going up this mountain. They're making their way up this, this mountainous road or whatever. And um, they're going to the top so they can see, you know, when they get to the top, but like halfway up, she starts getting this feeling like she should not be there. Oh like they God. shouldn't go, like they should not be going any further. So she, it gets so bad that she is done. She's going to turn around and head back down. So she's turning her car around in the middle of the road. And, uh, as she, as she like puts the car in reverse or whatever and starts backing up, um, she notices, she notices some sort of strange light in the sky and she looks up and there's just this massive craft, uh, very slowly like moving 
over the road above them. Um, and she looks like directly at this thing. What's really strange is she, she asked her daughter if she saw it and her daughter said no, but it was like very clearly right there. Um, but she freaked out and took off, you know, back down the mountain. Um, and she became like, after it happened, she became super enamored with the entire thing. And she was like going to build this model of it. Cause she couldn't stop thinking about it. She didn't, she didn't finish the model though. She's got to finish that model at some point. A picture of transformer. I keep thinking of like, uh, uh, the close encounters of the third kind where he builds the, yeah, yeah, the <laughs> he builds the, yeah. the mountain out of mashed potatoes. Yeah. But, uh, you know, like it was that kind of like, you're so into, into the, experience which i totally get now having heard a weird sound in the woods in oklahoma yeah, and being yeah. obsessed with replaying it in my mind for the last however many months so what was the shape of it again uh i th i think she did say it was kind of round um but the bl the thing that stood out to me was she said it had these blue lights all around it and seemingly like inside of it so it was almost like a blue glow as it went overhead um but she said the size of it was was what was really like shocking. It's but weird I, that you got I, the feeling first too. That's the crazy. Yeah, thing. and that's what we had talked about. Was like, what would have happened if she actually went to the top of the mountain? Yeah, like that's like if she had just, missed out on that opportunity. You call UFOs with your mind, but that's the crazy thing. So, yeah. so obviously, uh, you should get that first, shouldn't you? No, the feeling should come before. No, not no? of fear, not that you shouldn't be there. Like that's that's a negative feeling. So what what um, what mountain range is that again? So it's the mountain range itself. I have no idea. I just know that if you if you go on a map to Flatwoods, you can trace that same mountain all the way from Flatwoods up to SETI. Um, and it's it's like west. It's it's in a strange place because Flatwoods is kind of in the smack dab middle of the state, um, and this is further north. Um, west Virginia is a weird place, man, because like they've got it's not just like the Mothman and the Flatwoods monster. They've also got you know, the Grafton monster, they've got so much bizarre, so many bizarre, like folk tales and folk legends and stuff around there. Um, but the UFO like waves that have hit there over the years are one of, that's a, that's a subject I really want to tackle at some point. Cause I'm super fascinated by that. Yeah. Yeah. That's and we're it. making, we're making a, a, on the trail of UFOs next, which we just announced last night. So I'm a hundred percent sure we're going to get to West Virginia and cover some of that. Yeah, that's great. There's a lot of, uh, I mean, I'd love to hear about the Hudson Valley flaps. Uh, oh, those, yeah. those, uh, those seem so awesome. In the, yeah. I think it was the 70s and, that's, and 80s. That's and... such a cool place too, man. The, the Hudson Valley is, there's some, there's, there's a few places we filmed where there is a very specific atmosphere as soon as you get there. Um, and the Hudson Valley is like one of those places that's just like dripping with bizarre atmosphere hmm. you know so, the egyptians have all those dog fucking headed people on all their shit right yeah that's those are the words that i actually wrote in the script about the egyptian people and their dog headed things hmm. you know i remember that from the movie stargate right it was the dog headed stuff that came through the stargate and it was like the mass to breathe with yeah Anubis. Maybe there's something was, more to yeah, it. Anubis, yeah. Anubis was the god of the dead too. We talked about. I mean, in in our our Bray Road Beast movie is actually like free on Amazon Prime, so so check it out if you have Amazon Prime. But we talked about 
like the werewolf lore around the world, not just not just the United States. Oh, cool. Yeah. So what are you going to work with uh, other people in the UFO, the search uh, on the uh, trail of the UFOs or something like that? Or? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, actually, I'm done. I'm on camera. I was like in front of the camera a lot on uh, on the trail of Bigfoot, yeah. and I hated it, hated it, because um, I had to edit it later, and I'm just staring at my fat face nonstop while I'm editing it, and I can't, I can't do it. So um, my friend Shannon uh, Legro, who does the Into, Into the, the Fray show, yeah, 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 she's gonna be she's gonna be in it, um, awesome. and we'll put her, we'll put her on camera because she looks better than me. Um, so she'll be she'll be like the lead on that show, and then we've got we're starting to contact you know some of the people that we want to have involved in it. We're giving ourselves with that one, we're gonna give ourselves plenty of lead time because there's there's gonna be a lot of work you know to do on it. It's gonna end up being three or four hours worth of film, so it's it's gonna take a lot of planning. That's a tough one. You could go in so many different directions with that. I mean, what do you? How yeah. do you? How are you gonna focus on something? Somewhat we're still specific, we're still discussing I mean. it. We're still yeah. discussing it because, yeah. like, on the trail of Bigfoot is still similar to what we do with the films in that a lot of it, at least the first two or three episodes, is very focused on like that history, and then it gets investigative. But with the UFO subject, I feel like there's already been so much done about the history of it that I kind of would rather just get right into like the investigative side of it. Yeah. Um, so we still have to. We'll, we'll figure it out. Like it's going to take a little bit of planning though. This time around, I'm not going to be able to do what I usually do is I just grab a camera and hope for the best. Yeah. And I think this is probably a situation where that's not going to work out. Yeah. Hopefully, I, hopefully, I, uh, you know, hopefully do some contemporary, find some contemporary cases and sightings that haven't been done to death. And maybe even, you know, join some of like uh, our CE5 yeah. groups and we'll take you out, meditate, see some shit up in the sky. I'll carry your stuff. If you want, I'll carry get some stuff real, for you. get some real, uh, get some real live uh, experience and footage happening. Cool. But if you're gonna do that, seriously, you should probably go to skeptical. the contact of the desert one with like Stephen Greer instead of grabbing his buddies. <laughs> Just a thought. But if you do decide to come to Canada, I'll carry your stuff. But if I go to contact them, desert, there's there's literally no one there to carry my stuff. So. <laughs> oh, you know what? We could do that. You come to Calgary, and we'll we'll do Bigfoot. Ogopogo and C set. Yeah, and C C five. Yeah. C five. C five. Yeah. C five now. C, Wait, what? C5 I don't get, I get of like C set is like, you know, Greer's brand, right? The center for the study of extraterrestrial intelligence. But the groups around the world are in different sort of different groups and their C E five is like the generic close encounters of the fifth kind. Oh, okay. So I'm trying okay. to I'm trying not to to pigeonhole it in, as a society thing. It's more sure. just a, in general. There's a bunch of different different you know global 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 groups that are uh, performing their own sort of contact. So cool. Oh, we're, yeah, doing our, we're doing our own in the trail of. You can interview Graham for your show. We just don't <laughs> videotape it or anything like that. You see the things, and it's very hard to get any footage. It's like so. I don't. I don't even bother. I don't want to ruin the moment. No, can't be ruining the moment. Yeah. So what do you? What are some of your? Uh, maybe I mean I don't want to run out of time before we get a chance to talk about uh, your Kickstarter stuff and some of the stuff that you guys do to uh, to market and have people get involved in the projects and all that. I mean we should probably because I think in 2019 you have two or three big ones going on, right? Yeah, we have a we have a so we fund all of our movies through a Kickstarter, which is running right now, um, and that will fund. Um, 
on the trail of Bigfoot, Terror in the Skies, and Momo, the Missouri Monster. Um, and that launched uh, a few couple of weeks ago. Um, we, I, our asking goal was like 35000 It's up to 52 something as of nice. tonight. So That's awesome. Yeah, we were like 100% funded in the first 15 hours, which was awesome. Um, having said that, if you if you want to back, um, you, you can get a free T-shirt if we get to the next stretch goal. So we are trying to get, like we've got, we're up to stretch goal number four because we keep adding stretch goals and they just keep getting blown out of the That's water. So now we're... Yeah, so we're adding we're adding like a free terror in the skies T-shirt, um, but basically, yeah, the Kickstarter campaign will fund everything we do this year um, until the money runs out, and I just start paying for it out of our own pocket, which is cool too. Like we we, I never expected to be at the point where we are now, where we can do this the way we are, and yeah. we're we're sort of supported by the community that surrounds us. Um, that's pretty pretty amazing um and i also think it's born out of the fact that like people just want to have like quality video or films about like these subjects and it just doesn't exist on like network television (laughs) so they can they can kind of fund what we're doing and feel like they're getting you know they get to be a part of it and they're they're helping create the type of content they want to watch so cancel their cable and and get uh you know five or ten of their or their favorite uh productions like yourself and support that and podcast too yeah yeah podcasts um yeah but so I, I mean for real like i think i think in a lot of fields beyond just like the paranormal but especially in this world like people should do that like the, the, the you're gonna have to support the indie stuff to get the type of content you want because the stuff on TV is all the same. And unfortunately, I mean, even seeing this trickle down to some of the indie productions where the indie productions are just creating their own version of what is on TV. Mm. You know, like, so the good thing about STM is we do what we do and it's the most blatantly obvious thing, but like we just retell the stories that we all love in a way that's hopefully exciting and, you know, cinematic and, and, uh, visually interesting. Um, you know, and and hopefully it's original enough that people feel like they're getting something different than what they, you know, would get watching some guys run through the woods and do wood knocks and scream at Bigfoot or whatever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What I mean, what about this terror in the sky? Like, what's the uh, what's the gist of it? Oh. It sounds a little. I, I heard you talking about it, and it seems a little horror base and all that. And and is that a, an area that you guys are? willing to go down now on the more scary side of things well it's or not bray actually road was the, too or, yeah bray yeah. road definitely is like probably the the most horror sort of steeped thing we've done um and um some of that had to do with the fact that like last year i i um we were contacted by adam wingard who is directing the king kong versus godzilla movie um he directed the blair witch Re, uh, sequel a couple years ago and VHS and VHS two and all that stuff. Um, but he's like a big small town monsters fan apparently. Oh, so he cool. had like flown, flown me out to LA back in July of oh, last boy. year. And, um, I just like picked up on all this, like st- hanging out with him. I learned a lot about horror and it happened to be at a point where we were kind of like working on the edit for Bray road beast. Um, so I think some of that seeped into that film, like that kind of like horror vibe, but actually terror in the skies is like the least, horrific uh thing we've made it's actually like much more rooted in like my love for like 1980s spielberg like if you're looking for like a specific kind of tone um it's more like actually my friend adam said almost whimsical at times so it's a little it's a little less scary um 
despite the the name terror in the skies um there will be some scary like there's definitely a couple creepy animated sequences but it's the movie is focused on um the winged cryptid phenomenon in uh the state of illinois starting with the piasaw legend which is this giant um mural that that sits on one of the river bluffs overlooking the mississippi river in alton illinois of this giant winged creature that supposedly devoured men there um for centuries back in the day um so we tell that story and then we tell the story of the 1948 uh alton illinois thunderbird flap which was like there was a massive um wave of like thunderbird sightings around alton during for for about two weeks during 1948 um and then we go up to the central illinois and tell three different stories there including the lawndale uh illinois thunderbird abduction which was like there was this little kid that was playing outside his house and he was actually picked up by a thunderbird and carried like 10 feet um so we tell that story and then we get into the chicago mothman uh, subject as well in the final chapter of the movie. So it, it takes you through the whole history of Illinois' uh, winged cryptids. And we cover the gamut from like winged humanoids to to Mothman and Thunderbirds and all that stuff. Nice. Ever ever come across any dragon uh, tales at all? So the, the only dragon tale that immediately springs to mind is we made a movie called Invasion on Chestnut Ridge, which also is free on Amazon Prime. Okay. Uh, it's, it's actually, if you have Tubi TV, it's on there too. Um, so you can check those out. Um, but there's there was a, a sighting of a dragon on the Chestnut Ridge in Pennsylvania um, that we briefly mention in that film. But I mean, the Chestnut Ridge is known for pretty much uh, some of the weirdest activity on the planet it's like a, a slightly larger version of skinwalker ranch oh wow where's that in illinois that's in pennsylvania oh, actually pennsylvania okay yeah i just drove it's funny i actually i drove to baltimore last weekend and i followed the ridge for like 50 miles and i kept waiting i was like yeah, there's gotta yeah, be something <laughs> that's gonna happen to me right on all right. Do you have any other questions, Darren? Or do you want to, Do you have anything else you want to mention? No, I can't. I can't wait to. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna watch the Bigfoot. Can I watch the Bigfoot movie now? No, it's not. No, okay. the it, it comes out on March 29th. So okay. But uh, hit me up, and I'll if you guys want to like do a review or like talk about it or something, I will send you all the the episode links, and you can watch it early. Awesome. Yeah, that's. Oh yeah, good. we can we can talk about it before the launch. Yeah, we'll do that for sure. I'm eager to see this Bigfoot footage. Yeah, it just seems like the Bigfoot's always a staple here because it's. Uh, I grew up near Harrison Hot Springs. I mean, there's a bunch of you know, it's it's all there's a lot of Sasquatch. Um, lore and and myth around here yeah we're yeah. right from the rocky mountains and yeah. we got buddies in seattle down there too yeah. yeah yeah don't let me forget just like shoot me an email and sure. i'll send you all the links sure is there anything else uh, you want to mention before we let you go um no not really thanks for thanks for having me again i like i like being on my friend's favorite show right right on that's <laughs> you, awesome your friend has great taste obviously <laughs> yeah, she she's chosen you as a friend and us as a podcast <laughs> i mean you can't beat that yeah. i'll come yeah. back anytime i can't wait to see the bigfoot movie yeah and if you're ever in the neighborhood montana washington yeah yeah bc yeah. Yeah, alberta we like, to, we like to go for long drives we like to do. go for drives and we like to carry stuff so <laughs> Graham's not very good at carrying stuff. Don't tell him that. He gets a little upset, but I make up for it. Thanks for having me, guys. Right on. Anytime. Okay, take care. Have a good night. Yep. Catch you later. See ya. Keep talking. Why do you always stop talking? And that was a chat with Sep.
Seth Breedlove. What'd yeah, you think? That was good. Yeah, it was awesome. That was fun. That was a fun one. Yeah. I forgot all about he, the last one. I hope he's okay with our antics in here. Sometimes we're a little silly for our guests, but whatever. This is a this is a, a fun the topic where we could be in a way. We could be silly every topic. We could. We That's could the beauty about having your own show. That's right. You can do whatever you want. Not having to worry about anything like Seth that. Seth is great. He had great hair. I can't wait to see the Bigfoot movie. Yeah, that's pretty cool. See, that's what, it's just too much work to be making videos like that. You see, like, it's a full-time job for those guys. They need $50,000. We haven't made $50,000 in the lifetime of the show. We can't be doing video stuff. This is the best it gets, the webcam on the TV. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That's what we can afford. But check out his Kickstarter. I, mean, I don't home. even know how they do so much with so little. I mean, it's it's amazing. They raise like thirty two or fifty. Well, that's American and they, money. So and they times it. And they, and they make two good, two big movies out of that. That's pretty good. It really makes you wonder what the fuck Hollywood's up to with their hundred million dollar mega productions. Oh yeah, right? totally. Yeah. There's some great uh, on the trail of champ is awesome as well. And even though that one guy did it all himself, it sure doesn't seem like that. And then they've got the other documentaries, which are, which are great. So lots of good stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Hopefully they make it town stump. Ogopogo. We could do that. Yeah. So Flatwoods is right down in Montana. We should go down there. No, no, no. Flatwoods isn't. No, oh. no, no. Flatwoods is uh, somewhere else. Right. You're Sorry, that's that's right. That was on the Virginia. Uh, Flatwoods is Virginia. On the Ida, on the river there, yeah. yeah. So what's the one in Montana then? Uh Flathead Lake in Montana. What are we looking for there? Uh sea monsters? Yes. <laughs> dragons? Dragons? Yeah. You know, I was, you know I I was trying to remember when you mentioned dragons because I was watching something the other day that had some sort of explanation for ancient dragons and I can't remember what it was. Dinosaurish? Or comets. Oh, oh, maybe, yeah. Thinking fire-breathing dragons are like comets. Mm -hmm. mm. Anyway, big what about, all the, what about all the ch Chinese lore and all the fancy dragon? I don't know. We should know. have a dragon guy on. Let's do it. Is there dragon guys? I was wondering that myself one day. That's fine. <laughs> if anyone knows a good dragon guy out there, let us know. We want to have a dragon guy on. Big thanks. It could be from T Rex skeletons and stuff like that as well. You'd think it could maybe be it like, could, maybe like yeah. if you dug up a, a skeleton of an old dinosaur, then Ooh. you know that was racist. Yeah. I shouldn't have done that. Can't do accents anymore. Or can we get by? Because our second category is what comedy. Was that? I can't even wagon. What accent? I don't know. Asian. Oh. <laughs> anyway, yeah. big thanks to Seth for coming on the show. Big thanks to James Nation who came and sat quietly off frame and brought us coffee. First time back in a while. James had a question. I didn't want to ask it, though. About the Obi-Wan Kenobi. <laughs> I'll ask it no. now. I'll ask it now. Is there groups of people that think that that Sasquatch is a Wookiee flying around in a Millennium Falcon? I mean, no, of, of no. course. Like, just like the extraterrestrial hypothesis. Maybe there are just Wookiees, you know what I mean? And they fly here because their favorite food is squirrels. You know what I mean? Definitely groups of people. Right? I, yeah, I can answer that question for you. There's definitely groups of people. They're just here hunting squirrels. I Because like there's, there's enough UFO and Sasquatch sightings together that people are like, what? There's you some connection here. You never find one. You know? That's right. Or they're just the four by four, you know, uh, mechanical aspect and there's a little alien inside. And that's the way he's a bipedal four by four that there's somebody controlling. <laughs> no. 
Yeah. Why would he be a hairy guy? There's a little dude inside there. A yeah, little gray just a pulling little dude. On the yeah, pulling on levers. It's just like, could he like be a, the little dude from Looney Tunes that used to be like up in space? The Martian like, oh, Marvin Martian? Yeah, Marvin the Martian. Yeah, sure. Man, I used to love that little dude. Anyway, big thanks to Seth for coming on the show. Big thanks to you guys for listening. Do uh, check out grammerica.ca slash support today because we need support. Because less than one percent support the show. Yeah, that's, we're trying to that's get to one percent. It's about like would be it's ideal. like one out of one hundred, one out of every hundred and twenty-five people support the show. I think you guys can do better than that. It's borderline pathetic. Um, so head out grammerica.ca/support. You can do the PayPal thing there, grammerica.ca/stripe if you want to do that, or grammerica.ca/patreon. Send cash in the mail, in whatever you want to do. Hide it in, in a, a book. book. Hide it in a book, like Nikki the dude. Put it on the relevant pages. Sometimes. Just make a, make a note so we know. Find a way to support the show because if you guys don't support the show, the show can't be here. The show can't be here. And then what's going to be here? Fucking CBC. That's what's going to be support here. Support your independent shows. Yeah, even sure. if it's not us, support someone. Anyway, anything else? That's, that's it. That's about it. Uh, all right, guys. Thanks for listening, and we will see you next week.
have to take a gasp of water And you find out that it still keeps you alive It's in your eyes, it's in your ears It's in your smile, it's in your tears It's in your face, it's in your hair It's in your Put me on the side of the road like a pile of debris And I don't want to think there's ever gonna be a winner or a loser Everything you didn't know, a lot of it was for me You held me You helped me Now, another adventure in coffee enemas. Oh, man. Oh, oh, oh my God. Just gotta get the washroom. Oh, oh, God. I just gotta get these pants off. Oh, it's here. <laughs> It's over. Oh, thank God. It's over. Well, all right then. What is this? What is this I feel inside of me? All this, all this power. All this invigorating energy. I, I, I feel like I can arm wrestle a moose. I gotta keep going. I gotta move. I gotta run. Oh my God. Hailstorm damage got you blue, sunburn get you let down, while introducing the new Gem Trails. Gem Trails are a convenient new chemtrail that we plow through your sky to ensure you with the haziest and non-blue sky that you could have. Gem Trails. Choose from our variety of geo-engineered aerosols loaded with toxic chemicals. Some chemicals may include barium, strontium-90, aluminum, cadmium, zinc, viruses of all sorts and varieties, and chafe, which actually looks like snow, but may actually be fibers coated with aluminum, desiccated blood cells, plastic, and paper. All chemtrails can be conveniently customized for your needs. Just ask our friend here, James Cruz. Gem Trails. James Cruz ordered the barium, strontium 90, and the chafe. And the chafe he chose was desecrated blood cells in plastic. Gem Trails. So I'm sitting in my backyard getting sunburned constantly. And I hear this ad come on the radio. 
Gem trails. Gem trails. And what they can do for you is amazing. For 33 payments of $333. Gem trails. No more sunburn. Thanks, Gem trails. Gem trails. Thanks, Gem trails. Gem trails. That's right, James. For 33 easy payments of $330, you too can have a hazy sky with zero sun and zero sunburn. With our brand new technology coming straight out of MIT, we fitted an airplane with nozzles and we can come to any area in the world and spray your backyard. Warning, warning, warning. Symptoms associated with chemtrails include aneurysms, strokes, heart attacks, and cancer. Other side effects may include irradiated breast milk, anal leakage, jock itch, runny nose, irregular vaginal discharge, glaucoma, heavy metal poisoning, lockjaw, and low sperm count, persistent hacking, coughing, upper respiratory and intestinal distress, pneumonia, extreme fatigue, disorientation, lethargy, dizziness, splitting headaches, elevated arthritis, symptoms, nosebleeds, blah, 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 yada, yada, etc., etc., doctors, blah, 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 uh, death. If you want it, we spray it. So get your gem trails today. Gem Call 1-900-GRAY-SKY. That's 1-900-GRAY-SKY. That's 1-900-W-E-F-U-C-K-E-D. Thanks, gem trails. <laughs> <laughs> Remember when you used to buy DVDs for $20 a piece? Now that very same DVD is somewhere in a landfill next to a rotten piece of cheese. But you know America has way more longevity than a piece of shit DVD. So, donate to America. It'll feel real good. Donate to America. All will be right with the world. Donate to America. It'll feel real good. Donate to America, all will be right with the universe. Donate to America, it'll feel real good. Donate to America, all will be right with the world. Donate to America. It'll feel real good. Donate to Grimerica. All will be right with the universe.